Assistance. Well, hello everyone. Welcome. This is the Grinding Gear podcast. We're going to be grinding through to the end of the week. I'm Garrett, joined as always by Kyle, but that's not why you're hello. here today. You're here today because you probably saw the name of the guest on today's episode. We're joined by our good friend Scott Johnson, the Internet Zone. Oh, hey, hey, this is real nice. I didn't expect 2009 uh, instant intro to uh, greet me. <laughs> I had to go to like an archive to find that because on my pocket cast, it doesn't go back far enough to find an episode with that specific intro. And I wanted that specific intro to. Yeah, that's what the show was only three years old at the time that was made. And, oh, really? Uh, oh, damn. Yeah, is that weird? So when, what are we sixteen years on now? That's crazy. When I think of that show, that's the intro I think of. I think I, I think of the the variant like oh, yeah. the lead into it. That's what I think of. That's what I that is the one. That, that's the one that I think um, set the tone from there. You know how you you guys have done this long enough. You you start your thing and you throw a bunch of ideas at it, and then whatever that thing is, it grows a little bit. You tweak it, you change it, but you hit like a a rhythm, and then that rhythm kind of stays the whole rest of the time. I feel like that was the era, 09, 2010, somewhere in that range. We just like hit this stride and we never let go until we let go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is. Oh my God. I had to, I had to get up early for my old Navy stock job to download it proper, to put it on my iPod video. So I could yeah. listen to it while I unpacked the fleeces, which would destroy your fingers. The old Navy fleeces would like sap the life from you, like the mummy with Brendan Fraser. Like it would, yeah. it, your hands would be decrepit <laughs> by the end of your stock <laughs> hours from touching yeah. those damn fleeces. This is a really, this is a confirmation of something I've always had a question about because I had friends with those. And they would always say, oh, I love these. Keep me warm. They're great for skiing. Like where are these? They're, they're amazing. These, these old Navy fleeces. And whenever I would see one and kind of touch and go, oh, let's see what this is made of. It always felt like I was messing with uh, angel hair, like your parents would put under the, the Christmas tree. And you'd find out later that was like, <laughs> that was made out of spun glass and it would cut your hands up. Wait, what is it? Angel out? hair. No, <laughs> just like, it's a thing. I swear it ended in the eighties. Is it like, tinsel? it's like, no, it's like white, almost like clouds is the effect of it, but it was spun glass. So literally you're a little kid and you'd see this and go, ooh, clouds, and you'd squeeze it, and you'd walk away with just bleeding hands. You'd oh, like stick no. Yeah. No, it, yeah, yeah it, it caught the light. It was beautiful, but it, it was made of asbestos or something. It was uh, horrible. Oh, I'm looking at it right now, and there's there's straight up like Wikipedia entries about this stuff. Uh, fiberglass. It was made from... Sp oh, it, it, it was like nice. Un yeah. Like un like because fiberglass you make all kinds of shit out of it, but usually you like mix it with like some sort of epoxy or acrylic. So mm -hmm. it's just the fiber part of fiberglass. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah, it sucked. It was not a good thing to have around kids. And uh, I also I feel like those those old navy fleeces were like that. And I feel like today, finally, all these years, decades later, really, I have confirmation from Kyle that yes, indeed, those things were finally decent. confirmed. Yeah, wouldn't that be like really <laughs> flammable? It seems like, right? Wouldn't wouldn't you just be making a flammable object more flammable? Wait, is fiberglass flammable? Uh, I'm I'm typing that in into uh, Google right now. That's an important uh, question. Let's it, answer. Is it? Is it? Uh, Chris and I, Chris and I love how it's made. It's one of our primary fall asleep shows. 
Yeah. I'm on, uh, she's on team fiberglass. So anytime fiberglass shows up, particularly with the rollers, you know, we give a little cheer. Uh, <laughs> my, mine is galvanized. That's my oh. keyword. So anytime something becomes galvanized, I get to, I, oh, I win a point. Oh, my word. Oh, yeah. I love this. Okay. I love that you key in on that stuff. That's yeah. fantastic. I love my, that show. My favorite episode of How It's Made was the episode where I learned how they like puff uh, the, the crunchy Cheetos, like how it extrudes mm. and then gets mm. cut off and like instantly kind of gets like kind of puffs up to the thickness of a crunchy cheat. It was, I found it fascinating. Uh, I haven't watched an episode since you got, you <laughs> got to watch hospital laundry. That oh, one is yeah, a trip. Yeah. That one's really good. I, I don't know if I want to watch that one. No, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's great. It's more just the volume of the laundry. Plus the one about spaghetti. The guy keeps saying spaghetti's plural and watch the spaghettis go. And it's just something about the plural word spaghettis. You're I'm yeah. fixated. Those are my, that's yeah. one half of my two favorite ways to sp say spaghetti. You either say spaghettis, plural, or spaghetti. I don't like oh, yeah. normal spaghetti. Don't give me that. Don't give me that. None of that nonsense. I want to be like the, the Zoomers with the spaghetti or the Boomers with the spaghettis. Nothing in between. Thank you very much. Spaghetti mm, like, makes it, it yeah. seem like fries, which makes my brain go there's a fast food restaurant where you order a size of spaghettis. Oh, don't. Oh, don't. I did figure out this week my son's generation is alpha. Apparently, these are the alphas coming in. Oh, shit. Uh -oh. Oh, you, better, yeah. you better turn him into a Chad because he's got a well, little I, I, I was that. curious because, <laughs> because when he says turn the page or dismiss something I don't want, he says swipe, swipe the page, or I'm going to swipe the broccoli. Swipe this broccoli. Oh, man. Really? That's insane. Yeah. Swipe. Yeah. So we're about to lose turn as a, as a, as a phrase. Yeah, there's no books. There's no books for the children. We got Dude, when he's when he's playing Civilization, when he's playing Civilization 12, it'll be swipe based. It won't be turn based. It'll be swipe based. Yep. But hold on. Very different. Completely different. There's still meaning. We should probably do like an introduction. We should probably like you know let people know. We kind of let people know what's going on today. It seems insane to me to need to be on a podcast and explain who you are, Scott. But since you and I used to do stuff weekly together, I have made a lot of changes, and I imagine we probably have a pretty different audience now. Yeah, you probably do. I mean, you guys. First of all, you stream on YouTube, which is is a new and exciting effort. I think you guys have certainly garnered a bunch of the Final Fantasy uh, crowd out there in a way that that we never did on the instance. Obviously it was so much more wow focused. Uh, you tried, um, you tried. And I want to, I want to get into this story at some point today. Uh, Scott at sure. one point came to me and was like, what if we did final fantasy 14? And I was like, there's no way in hell you're getting me to play that game on the regular. Yeah. You uh, told, you told me no way I'm ever playing that. <laughs> yes. Yes. You said I'm, I'm not playing. You go, I'm more likely to be in ESO it, or some other game. I, I was not probably a good six months into us doing the YouTube thing too, where I kind of had a moment one day where I was like, mm -hmm. Scott probably thinks I'm an asshole or like tried to like duck him because <laughs> and, and no, it never no, even no. occurred to me because like I, I, I was I was being attacked on like two and a half fronts. I don't talk to John Jagger. I talk to him more now, but back then John and I didn't talk a lot, but but I felt sure. attacked on at least two and a half fronts because and it none of it was uh, none of you yeah. talked to each other. Kyle was right. like trying to get me to play and you were trying to get me to play for two completely yeah. different reasons. Kyle just wanted something to play with you. You were interested and also were like, Hey, what if we made the instance of 14 show? And, and, yeah. and I was just like, I, I no, no, no. I've, uh, well, it's funny you bring that up. Cause back then there was, there were some, these machinations in my own head about, uh, where things were because wow at this point is very long in the tooth we're about to hit 24 years of since release 2024 is the year oh 20, 24 
Yeah, no. 2020. Well, 2004 was released, so 20 years. Oh, 20, 20 years. years. 20 years. Okay. Yeah, okay. 20 years yes. next year. So it's okay. been literally, <laughs> literally 20 years since I was in the Friends and Family beta in 2003, which is where this all started for me. And so to me, uh, um, you know, it, it felt back then like, oh, well, this will forever be a wow show. But, it, you know, it's long in the tooth. It's had its time. It's it's still a game. People still play it. The recent expansion is pretty good. Yeah, Dragon blah, blah, great. blah, blah. But is it is it is it is it still an entity that deserves massive circular coverage all the time by a show that's dedicated to it that is also quote unquote long in the tooth? And so I had all these thoughts in my head of like, well, do we do all MMOs? Do we shift MMOs? Do we do Blizzard in general? But then that got weird when Blizzard in general got weird, and and it was uh, it was a little bit of not crisis moment, but a moment of like decision making. And I remember that day when I asked you about that. Because I was thinking, well, I could pivot, and a lot of players are pivoting. The show could pivot, and I don't care about the haters. They'll, if they hate, that's fine. We'll just move on. And, and Kara was just so adamantly opposed to this anime game he did not want to play <laughs> and just was not going to do it. So when you did have that turnaround and said, uh, oh, actually, I like this, and I'm going to keep playing it, I laughed to myself, but it was never like, oh, that Garrett, he went and did the, it was never like that. It was more like, oh, I'm, uh, this is kind of hilarious that he's actually liking the thing it, he didn't like. Yeah. Yeah. And I never, I'm I just never gonna flatter myself. I'm a professional pusher is my problem. I, yeah. I had Scott was playing. Here's the storm with me. We went on to play Dungeons and Dragons. I got Garrett into Final Fantasy. Now, granted, granted, uh, Dungeons and Dragons was very much uh, Bo's idea. That was that was his best. Sure. Effect. You sure. Know, I was I was there. You're the I think you're a pivot point for a lot of it. I don't think it's unfair to say that. And um the fact that you you got uh, Ka, or uh, Garrett here to sniff this particular snort this particular drug off your arm, I think is a quite the achievement. Nicely done. We were in a well seedy done. bathroom uh and he took out this wee bass looking thing with cat ears and was like, "You want to try this?" <laughs> you you want to try this on, man? And I yeah. said no. And then like seven bathroom visits later, I finally was like, fine, <laughs> let's see what the hype's about. No, that's good. I think you guys, I mean, I would I would say as an outsider, just sort of watching what you guys have done with Grinding Gears and with with your coverage of Final Fantasy, um, it's it's been, I think it's been a really good fit for you guys. So, I, you know, sometimes this stuff just sort of happens and goes the way it goes. And yeah, that's certainly been true of my stuff over the years. And I'm I'm really happy to see it for you. It's great. Oh, thanks, man. Means means a lot coming from you. So we still haven't introduced who the hell you are. Uh, oh. <laughs> so I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> Scott is. Uh, I think I've uh, uh, tweeted as much. Or no, no, no. This is in our Discord when I was asking for questions for today. In case folks were unfamiliar with you, I I, I described you as a prolific podcaster and and uh, uh, comic artist. Mm. Uh, would you say that's an accurate depiction? That's because you just, you do all the, th I, I struggle to describe what you do probably as much as I struggle to describe what I do quickly because mm. we do a lot. It of is stuff. hard. I, my mom still doesn't totally get it. Um, so, and you know, if she can't get it, then who does, but I think my parents are really happy and I'm doing YouTube now because it's made answering the question a lot easier. Yeah, because everybody, you know, the, as far as the format goes, YouTube is as, as mainstream as possible. Twitch still feels a little fringy, you know, a little bit, at least in the in the larger conversation, uh, multi-generational conversations. But um, yeah, like the it is weird. I try to I try to explain it to people like, what do you do? I go to a party or something and they all want to ask that question because for some reason humans do that. I don't know why we do that. It, I hate I, it. Yeah, I've recently found out it's more of a, a an American thing. I don't it appears not to be as much as of an obsession at other countries to ask people what they do for a living. 
Yeah, that might be because I don't know are, how true that is. Work, well, we're work obsessed over here. Everybody wants to know how they're making a living. Yeah, in a, in a society where making money and then making more of it and then getting moving up the chain is uh, sort of key to our existence over here. It's just a cultural That's fair. thing. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not saying you know no shade toward it or against it. It's just I think it's just the way it is. Um, so people tend to do that. But when that happens to me at a family party or something and people I don't know, um. I, I try to gauge where I think their head's at. So if I think they know the, the maximum of their knowledge is the AM talk show they listen to on their commute, that's as far as it goes. Then I'll just say, well, I, I, I make radio content for the internet and I don't even touch the illustration or comics or any of that mm. stuff. Um, but if it's somebody who I feel like is with it and gets it to some degree, I won't try to teach them anything new, but I'll just sort of be a little bit more elaborate about what it is. Um, but what you're describing is, is both, a, it's a curse and a blessing. Most of my life, I have been obsessed with these two mediums in some way or another, including when I was just a little kid, I ran around with a tape recorder all day and made my own radio shows. And when I wasn't doing that, I was drawing in a sketchbook. Those were the two things I did. And I got lucky enough in my life to be doing that as an adult, as a full-time job, which I still not quite sure how it all worked out, but it did. And I'll probably die doing this. Um, but the, that's the blessing side of it. And I, I get to do what I love to do. The downside of it is I always feel like if there's any sort of hole of time that isn't currently being filled with this, I find a way to jam something new in. And I think that is ultimately a little detrimental to one's long-term mental health. If you're, if you're constantly going, well, I've got an extra 10 minutes here, boy, I should do a new 10 minute show I do every day or whatever. I think it's a dangerous uh, thing to do. So there have been, I feel like in the last couple of years, anyway, there have been efforts on my end to be a little less prolific, if that's a way of putting it and being sure, okay, yeah. doing few, doing fewer things really well, rather than doing way too much well enough. So uh, it's funny you bring that up. Cause that's been a, it's been kind of a, a post pandemic sort of thought process of mine as well. Dude, my think, biggest, uh, my, my big struggle with these is just like video games. Like I'll, I'll beat an area. I'll get to a new zone in a video game. I'm like, well, I can't play any further. The, the game just opened up. I should stream this part when I'm like farming, when I'm like, you know, leveling up, getting the gear. But the second it's like act seven, I'm like, Oh, oh well, I, I can't play anymore. Like, I was, right now that happens too with me. I, I, one of my problems is I'm, I feel like I like, let's talk streaming for a second. Like every game I play is streamable. But I never think about it until I get into it. And then I'm like, oh, I should be streaming this. And then I don't. <laughs> so lately I've been like, well, if I'm going to spend two hours playing Dyson Sphere program like I did the other night, I'm completely hooked on that game. It's so good. Anyway, I've been wanting to check out that one. That oh, one. it's so good. Kyle, it's crack on crack on crack. I, so, I believe it. I believe it. I mean, you thought Factorio was cool. And it is. Another wrong Factorio. But it's like yeah. Factorio. But then, hey, what if it was even bigger and better anyway? Oh, my God. So I play that, uh, played that for two hours of the night. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stream it. Why not? I'm spending this time anyway. So if I'm going to spend time doing this, the, the trick is still playing games because you love playing them, not because you have to play them. I don't want to end up like those. Not that we're, <laughs> I'm in no, I'm nowhere near anyone who is a top streamer on any platform in terms of streaming games. But you see some of them who are just stuck playing Fortnite or stuck playing whatever they're playing because they just have to, because that's what their fans demand. I don't ever want to be there. So I'd rather have lower numbers and play Dyson sphere than higher numbers and play something I don't feel like doing. Cause I don't want the joy of what I love about gaming 
to ever be smushed by the, the, the desire to, you know, make sure there's content. And that's a trick that can be a weird balance sometimes, but I feel like I've, I've kind of found it for me anyway. Amen to that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, we just let, let's just uh, take the notes, throw them out the window. Let's just have uh, yeah, content sorry. creation yeah, psychology at this Look point. Look at all this great content you have what? on this list here. And I'm going off about we'll, get to, we'll, we'll talk to you yeah. eventually. It's fine. I, it, yeah, yeah. But, but burnout, like it's, it's a very real thing and it's something you can pre plan nowadays we've all been through enough like playing burnout to know like i can feel this coming now i can feel it coming down the road um and i think that's, like, that's key right that's yeah. you, you being able to sense when that's too much is important like we we had a we had you know for our D show we had this moment of what are we going to do next and we were all kind of bouncing ideas around everybody was having different conversations about what it should be what we wanted to do and at the end i think we all kind of were having that trip to abilene where uh, that, that old that old analogy where everybody's going to this awesome burger place in Abilene, Texas, but nobody actually wants to go. But they're all going like, oh, I really want to go. And nobody wants to say it because the reasons you don't want to go aren't the obvious ones. Everybody loves each other. We love that group. We all want to do things together. We want to play games. We want to hang out. We want to do this stuff. But admitting to ourselves that continuing another another five, six, seven years of a three and a half hour plus production issue time on a thing every single weekend with growing families and new kids and all this stuff was not tenable, actually not probably good for us. And to admit that and to say that is sometimes hard. Right. But I feel like we've gotten better as well. I feel like I've gotten, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I feel like I've gotten better at seeing those signs or noticing that stuff coming up and being able to be less of a, of a say yes all the time and and more of a like let's be practical or you know let's weigh the benefits of doing it or not doing it and i just think that's a healthy way for content creators to to approach stuff but i but i also think the hungry early stuff is important right like those early days of podcasting i couldn't get enough if i could find time for it i would do it and i would pound it i would make it happen and i have a career because of that early hustle but i i think i hit like a, a thing and then can can kind of look down and go okay this feels pretty good right here. And I don't want to get slacked and lazy or, or, or get this wrong. There's still questions in your head, but I feel like I've got a better sense of the path forward and what I'm, what my role is on that path. And I don't know, I'm grateful for that. Cause I just feel like uh, there was a lot of time in the early days where I didn't have that. It was like no compass. It was just like, go, 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 throw everything at the wall, see what sticks. And now I kind of know what sticks. And I know even if it does stick, does it stick enough? You know, I'm a little more nuanced about, seeing what's in front of me and I, uh, that's also been good. I backed up, uh, I cleaned up my Dropbox today, uh, at least part of it. Uh, I need to make some space. I'm at the max of my three terabyte. And if you go beyond that, their, uh, their, their whole business situation over a Dropbox is terrifying and not user-friendly. I do not want to move to a business account. I tried it once. It's horrible. Agreed. Fix that Dropbox. Just give me more options. Just give me more options for space, please. Um, Those guys took a weird turn. I'm with you, Gary. And that anyway. included today. I, I I archived every single podcast folder that wasn't grinding gear. Uh, so oh. 10 years, oh, wow. 11, 12. What we start? We started 2010. Uh, 2010, like summer. So we're coming up on 13 years this year, Kyle, is when you and, you and I 
did our first no way oh you're yeah. right wow yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. Our, our our relationship is about to hit puberty i uh, look forward to uh, uh, <laughs> awkward mornings and uh and pimples it's gonna be a good time Perfect. Turns out, turns out this is a country for old men you guys <laughs> made it you figured it out <laughs> so yeah literally 13 years worth of shit just got put on uh, some external hard drives and it's gonna go into cold storage how long did you guys do the instance together? How many years is that? Uh, so Garrick joined what 2019 officially. You were guesting here and there. I guessed. I guessed it for a while for his official. So it all blurs together. I think it was the beginning 18? of BFA. When did BFA come out? BFA. Let's see. I was on stage talking BFA. Was it 20? Okay, I think it been end of 2018. I became a, a perma host on the. Instance. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's right. The and instance then, for uh, for those unaware uh, was at one point uh, one of the biggest video game podcasts in the world. It was strictly about World of Warcraft. Uh, it was massive. It was the first podcast I ever listened to, and uh, uh, I there was be a real right. Uh, there was a real good timing thing going on with that show. We we I I didn't know it at the time because in 2006 when I started the show, uh, it was all based on me not being able to find one I liked. And there were maybe three or four in existence. This mm -hmm. is early podcast days, of course. And I'd already got my, I had extra life radio going and that was already a thing and doing well, but I, I was loving wow. And I said, well, I don't like any of these shows. They're all kind of bad. No offense. None of them are around anymore. <laughs> but uh, someone knows time, someone who has a show that predates yours and they're going to tell them. They're like, going to tell. And it's fine. And I, and no, no hate intended, but I just didn't like, it didn't seem like the kind of show I wanted. So I thought, why don't I just make one I'd want, like I want to listen to, and let's just see how this goes. Complete fluke. It wasn't really that well-planned. And that very week we were, uh, iTunes did a feature thing for us, which we didn't ask for. They just did it. Um, and it blew up. It went bananas. Uh, and this is also early time for, for iTunes doing podcasts like built into the, into the service, which is really where things started for all of that. So things exploded there. And it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I feel like it stopped being bigger right around. It always ended up being right around the same time Blizzard had a dip or a or an increase, right? So whether don't it was, you just love your how you make a living being tied to something you have no know. control over? I know. That's kind of kind of partly why I'm glad I don't do it anymore. There's so much about it that I miss. Uh, but also 16 years is a long time for anything. Like I'm not the Simpsons. I can't go 30 years. Like I need, I need a, you know, at some point you have to look at it and go, okay. Well, that's not fair. That's not because the, the, the writers change out. Like the characters stay the same. I'm sure those voice actors are probably like, oh my God, if I have to be Lisa another day, I'm just going to scream. But <laughs> hey, yo, it, not, not the perfect comparison, but yes, I, I too was there. You know, I watched my parents go through corporate, the corporate machinations. And I'll work for myself. I'll never. And then we're beholden to what corporations do anyway. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, it's a good point, but I, in well, my case, it just least... felt like I had, I had done the thing in the same way that wow had done its thing. So even though it's still, that's still a game, it's still a big MMO. It's still a thing. It's not the thing it was right. It can't be 2008 blizzard anymore or 2008 world of Warcraft anymore. Those days are gone. And so whatever that peak was, whenever it was, um, we would peak and valley when the show would peak and valley. So if the show's numbers were up, it always meant that Blizzard subs were up. It just was, you could match it. And to this day, um, it's one of the only projects I've done where I could gauge anything like that. And, mm. you know, the more it went down, the more I got like in this mode of like, well, we got to, the content's just not what it used to be. So we got to come up with other ideas. And, you know, Garrett, during Garrett and I's time, it was a chance for us to do that. And we did a bunch of that. And I like what we did there. 
But in the end, it turned out to be tricky to tie yourself to a single game, even though that benefited me so much during its height and really helped me kick so much of what I do off. Um, I don't think I'd recommend it today. Like if somebody came to me and they say, hey, I'm thinking about making a single show that will do nothing but cover this one game coming out. Even if that game's huge, I think the world's different than it was in 2006 because there are now, there was one World of Warcraft and then there was EverQuest and a few other little danglers around. Not now. Like it's insane. Like imagine doing a show dedicated to Fortnite today. There are, they exist, but you're just not going to have the growth potential that you had then. There's too many games, there's too much grabbing our attention. Um, and that, that doesn't even include things like, you know, Netflix and movies and everything else that are trying to grab our attention. So I don't know if somebody said today to me that, Hey, I'm going to do an MMO and that's entirely about riots new or uh, sorry, a show all about riots, new MMO. I would be like, all right. I mean, do what you got to do, but I, I don't know if this is the time for that anymore. Uh, and podcasting's changed a lot too. As you guys know, there's like, a trillion things in there. They're, they're out there. And I, I don't even, I like, and, and my taste have changed as well. Like, I think there's still audience, an audience out there for those types of shows. Um, oh, they're definitely is. Like, what are you yeah. looking for? What are you into kind of a thing? And now I'm just, now I'm just like listening to things that I'm in awe of, like the, the production quality of every, you know, everything, every, post serial, uh, the, the post serial podcast landscape. And I'm not talking about right. uh murder podcast, but just like produced podcasts. Oh, not, not serial, serial, like post, uh, post as in not like post, post serial. serial company oh, that yeah. makes yeah. Post no, serial. like, yeah, like, like <laughs> the, the, my, the one I always go to is the dark net diaries. It is, it is, I think one of the most, uh, perfectly executed podcasts I've ever listened to. It's an, I've, I'm in really wonder. Good of its, yeah. of its production quality. That's funny. That's where I'm at as well. I listen, I listen mostly to things like that. I listen to the show called through line. I think NPR produces it, but it's this really great deeper look at like historical stuff. I listened to one recently where they talked about the origin of, um, house music, which was nowhere near where hmm. I thought the origin of house music was. I thought it all happened in Europe and it came over here and electronica and dance music and yeah. dubstep and everything that came after I thought was all based on that. And I was so wrong. It was, black communities in Chicago in the seventies and the roots of that are insane. And I love shows that give me that like have crazy research, uh, amazing in-depth interviews, people I would never hear of otherwise. Like that's kind of where my consumption is these days. And so I, what, meanwhile I'm making content for a different person's kind of consumption, which is a little weird, right? Like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to eat like, here's how it is. I'm the CEO of McDonald's. <laughs> I wish I was. That's a lot of money to have. But anyway, I'm the CEO <laughs> of McDonald's. I'm not going home and having Big Macs. You know what I mean? It's I'm, weird, I'm right? Them. Yeah, but it is we're, weird. I, yeah. We're, we're, we're also at the point where I think we know what we're good at, too. Which, which isn't that. to say that we're done, yeah. right? Like, I'm still yeah. fascinated by things. I'm still hungry to learn. I'm still curious, and I hope to God I never lose it. Like, yeah. I don't want to lose that curiosity. Um. But there are times where I will be like when I was younger, which is not not that I'm particularly old, but uh, when I was in my earlier days of doing this shit, you know, 13 years ago, like if I if I was in awe of something, if I was really impressed by something, I wanted to figure out how to do it myself. How could I right. make that? How can I do that? And now yep. more and more often, I'm super impressed by something and I'm just like, I'm, I'm like, I'm good. I don't need to do that myself. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It is strange though, that. because you'll be like, you'll do a four-hour stream, and people are like, "That was awesome." Have you seen this other four-hour stream? You're like, "No, I don't have time to watch four-hour streams. Are you crazy?" <laughs> yeah, no one's, yeah. no one's got time for that. No, but, that's so. You just described it really well. That's exactly it. Like, I don't, I don't want to. Um, you're making something great for people who think it's great. You don't want to then turn around and eat the same thing. Like, you just, yeah. you want to go try something else. Well, it's kind of like, I'm with, you, yeah. you kind of did a thing that a, a mutual friend of ours always recommends. So we're, we, we're friends with a, a lovely gentleman by the name of Brian Brushwood. Yeah. And uh, forever ago, I interviewed him for a, a YouTube video for a college. Uh, it was a short video about making content. Like, how do you, mm-hmm. how do you get into it? What, like, what advice would you give? And he got a piece of advice and I can't remember if it was from either pen or teller. It was from one of them. Uh, where, Wait, that, what, one of them doesn't talk, right? Or is that just a in real life? They do. Well, you know, but <laughs> you might on, narrow it down. This might part of their you. This information show. could be helpful in deciding who gave the information. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was, I would think it was Pendulette, but I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, wrongly attribute it. Anyway, Brian always says, don't copy what you love. Do the opposite of what you hate. And I, I guess mm. that came from either Penn or Teller. And I think it's a, a brilliant piece of, uh, of advice because it's what you did with the damn instance. It sounds like Scott, you were, yeah, you, no, you listened to what was out there and you were like, I don't like this. I'm going to, I'm going to do something I do like, like, so you, by, by extension, you kind of, you were like, all right, I took note of what's out yeah. there and now I'm going to do the opposite of it. It was weird though, because I didn't really listen to my own show but my goal was to make a show i would want to listen to which is a weird thing right it's a weird thing to say that so when i was making decisions about how it would be and again this is at a time where nobody else was really making shows about video games not in this way um and this is also you know pre-youtube revolution like all this stuff hadn't happened yet there's no pewdiepie there's no freaking you know minecraft none of this had happened yet and so you were trying to think of a famous streamer, weren't you? I was, and I couldn't. <laughs> I like Markiplier. I like Markiplier a lot, but he's mostly YouTube. I like uh, there's a few. There's a few. Uh, out there uh, I like. Shroud. I watch more Choco Taco. Shroud. Shroud's all right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some whatever. I'm not a ninja guy, but no shame. Day no nine. Let's go. We all go with day nine. We'll just go with day nine. Yeah, we'll just say day nine. Well, yeah, I, mean, I like day nine a lot. Anyway, uh, the the point is, like, I I wanted to do, I wanted to make everything the way I would want to hear it which is just ironic because I never really listened to the show back. I mean, I would occasionally just like, all right, how's the sound? How did this guest interview, you know, things like that. But for the most part, I make it and, and archive it and I'm, and I move on and make the next thing. And that's still true today. Very rarely do I go back and listen to anything I've made. Cause I don't really want to, I don't know. It's like, what's it like? It's like people do this with art. They don't want to look at their art and for another year, they'll go back maybe and check it out. And go, oh, okay, that was pretty good. I have the perspective now where I can appreciate what I did. But while I was doing it, I freaking hated it. <laughs> and I don't, it's not quite the same because podcasts, I don't hate it while I'm doing it. But once I'm done it, like I did a morning show this morning, I'm not going to go back and listen to that today. Maybe ever. I don't know. I'll keep it. My kids will have it. My grandkids will have it. Everybody will have it. But I ain't going to go back and listen to episode 2485 from, you know, Thursday, March 23rd, 2023. It's not going to happen. True. I I think that's kind of where we all kind of like merged is we were all making shows we wanted to be useful. Like it was supposed to be entertaining, but also you could get the news on your game, be a better player, perhaps have the strategy in mind, know what events happening this week and not have to go through the launcher since it was exclusively, you know, World of Warcraft launcher back then and a bit more focused. Sure. All that sort of stuff delivered you a service on top of the entertainment. Right. 
And right, I think right. one of the weirdest things we've seen around the streaming circles, uh, for me, certainly, as I got older, is just my endurance is lower. Like, my ability to sit still and play a game for four hours straight, like, oh, I need a water. I need to stretch. Yeah, I want to get up. It's way harder. I mean, not to make this like <laughs> weird, you know, we're getting older uh, podcast, but but I used to be able to in the quake and doom days, I could sit for 10, 12 hours. Like I could just go and go and go and go and it would never feel like I was getting stiff or tired or anything. I was just completely in there. And that would, that worked all the way up through most of the early bits of wow time and all of that. But these days, two hour chunks, if, if that, and after that, I got to walk. I got to do this. My back hurts. Like <laughs> it's just a different kind of thing, but you know, and then it, sometimes I'll make buying decisions based on the kind of game it is and where it makes me sit. So if it's a very console yes. friendly game, I will decide to get it on a series X or a PS five because I'm like, all right, I'll be on my butt on a couch, super comfortable wedge between two pillows for the most, for all of the time I play this, but I'm not going to play Dyson sphere that way. I need a keyboard and a mouse and I'm going to have to be hunched over a computer, but more and more those decisions are based on where will I be positioned during this? Dude, been huge for me. With, with Final yeah. Fantasy, you can play on a controller. And for me anyway, some of the jobs there, the classes you play are perfect for controller. They're very rhythmic. They're very like yeah. active time maneuver kind of things. Mm -hmm. And if night to night, I'll be like, I, I can't even touch you keyboard. I don't even want to look at you. <laughs> But yeah. ooh, oh, controller! I can get some. I can get some MMO in tonight. That's what I, yeah. I'm Isn't about to get the most fully kitted out computer I've ever owned in my life, and and yet I still like. I don't want to be near the computer if we're not streaming or editing. Like, yeah, like yeah. get me out of like. I I just spend so much time in this room, and I love it, and I'm so thankful for it. And I, dear God, I do not want to go back to an office. <laughs> I yeah. really don't. If I am guided by any fear, it's it's that. I, I don't want to go back to an office. Yeah, you don't want um, your own a cubicle of your own making, basically. Yeah, yeah. But that's kind of a little bit what I what I have. I, I also think I'm just really due for a re redecorating of the office. The whole thing is this whole thing needs to get exploded and and redone from the ground up. I feel that. I'm a little I'm that. a little over it right now. But yeah, I I I used to hate going outside and now I get really depressed <laughs> if i don't see the sun in a day yeah you uh, need to get out there man at the very least get some of that vitamin d in some other way but um yeah like well, you know look the pandemic era is the thing i think about the most when it comes to just some of my mindsets these days and i know that's just that seems weird that seems normal to say this because everybody did everybody had a new perspective or or had at least their perspectives challenged or or whatever um but what i value what I valued in 2019 is different than what I value today. And I, the only explanation I have is the passing of time and that, that we all lived in a weird hell space for a little bit there and still do in some ways when it comes to, you know, cultural stuff and all that. It's a big shared, so, big weird shared experience. <laughs> yeah. Big weird shared experiences tend to do that. I think this is a societal thing and because we have no historical way to relate to it yet, because this is the first we've really experienced this other generations certainly have. And, and they know all about it, but you know, it's our first time and we don't quite know what to do. And, and in some ways I'm really happy with where I am in my own headspace and how I create content and what I do now. And in other ways, I always, I kind of think, well, what would be different if that hadn't happened? Um, you know, Blizzard, we, we talked a little bit about the instance and Blizzard and stuff, but the big, the big sea change for me and Garrett, you were there when it happened 
well, there were a couple of sea changes, but we had a really huge personnel issue that happened on the show at one point. We don't have to get into the details here. It's been talked about enough. But then we had this gigantic falling out at Blizzard with all the issues, the the, the accusations, the the you know all the internal struggles, the abuse, everything that was going on there. And that was the first time where I really felt like I had to face those kinds of questions like kind of head on because up till then for the last, I don't know how many years have I been doing this full time, 2009. So whatever that is, I don't have a staff. I don't have, I don't have to have HR. I don't have to worry about who's behaving what way or who's abusing who or any of that stuff because it's just me. I'm abusing myself basically if I do at all. And and my self abuse comes in the form of you stayed up too late or you made too many shows or you shouldn't be working all day on Sunday too, or whatever those things are. And you're, so you're imposing like, self crunch. Is that, is that where you're going? With a little this? bit. Yeah. I was in self-imposed crunch, a good way to put it. And then I'm suddenly faced with the company I'm most, that I'm, that I'm most passionate about building content around AKA blizzard entertainment is going through this moment of real hardship and shame. And it was hard. I, 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 I really struggled because for the first time in my quote unquote career as a podcaster and content creator, I felt like I was having to grapple with, another part of my company that wasn't actually mine. And I didn't have any control over it, but it still felt personal like that. And we talked about that a lot on the show at the time and everything else. So this is all not new stuff, but that was hard, man. It's really hard. It's, it's it's weird. It's, it's, uh, I like talking to other content creators about it because it's, it's a straight, it's a strange conversation. It's, it's strange now. I think it's strange conversation to have publicly, right? Cause it's like, you're, you're on the outside and are unaffected. Uh, you're on, you're on the outside of, of, uh, of, of something that's very traumatic and did negatively impact real human beings. And you're not a part of that, but, it, no. but the, the, the wake of it is, is impacting you. Um, yeah. and so like, I don't know, it's, it's hard to, talk about because you don't want to seem insensitive you don't want to make it about yourself but at the, at, the, at the same time it's like well i this is how i pay my bills and, that's a good way of putting it it's like where the bomb went off i wasn't in the immediate blast radius but i definitely had a bunch of windows blown out where i was in the city yeah that's how I yeah yeah so i yeah i think uh, like i kyle and i a lot had a lot of conversations like like are we free are we journal like we're not journalists we're not we can't say that we didn't go to school for it Although I now have a, I, I now have a master's from a journalism college. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> well done, by the that's way. done now. Thank I, you. I got a minor. I got a minor in journalism. Oh, so, I didn't yeah. know that. I did, yeah. really. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah, sure. Okay, minor, we're, yeah. we're a little more. I, mean, I, 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 I more surrender to you, Mister Paperwork. But <laughs> <laughs> not what what I meant to go with this. But but we, you sure. and I had a, we had a lot of conversations dude, about like we started this because it was fun. We were having fun talking about a game. And it, and it gave us escape. It was a place yeah. for us to escape to, uh, for us and hopefully provide escape and something of value to other people. And, uh, not that it was the biggest problem to deal with, with what was going on at Blizzard. We were left with the question of what do you, what do we do when it's no longer an escape? You're right. When it's no right. longer a thing that brings joy when it's no longer a thing that makes people happy. Um, yeah. and we ended yeah. up just, just yeah, deciding well that we should cover it. It like you know, everyone, everyone's different, but we like over on when we were doing our here's the storm show regularly, we were like, screw it. Like the only, I think the only way we could feel good about it was to just cover it warts and all. 
like find yeah. as much information Just as we possibly could and, and, and dive into it. Um, and we, and we, then we still talked about the game and it, and I'm not gonna lie to you. It was freaking weird, but we did mm-hmm. at the time we didn't know how else to, how else to handle it. It was, it was a different dimension though, that we were in because we were with the, here's the storm team, which was that old Starcraft team, which was very much its own entity. And even all of the employees that, you know, we followed as part of the, here's the storm team was like, not our team. You know, it, it's been great here, but, you know, we do notice other problems around the company. Yeah, sure. And then immediately right after it, they put out their cyberpunk event where they were mm-hmm. like, the corporations have taken over. <laughs> Evil Butcher has bought out Chromie. And you're like, well, well, this is, this is kind of on point, right? Like, are you guys trying to talk to us here? <laughs> They're probably just sitting yeah. there like, it's just it's just timing. It, it's it was just, just how was going to roll out. Yeah, it's the same thing when someone's like. Did they really think I would be seduced by an Overwatch cinematic? It's like, no, it's not. It, it, they're not like the cinematic. Do you, do you know how long like, it takes to make one of those cinematics? Right, right. Like, Quick, right, make yeah. a diva cinematic. They're mad at us. Like, no, yeah. that's not how it goes. <laughs> like, they just sit on them, like, in case yeah. of emergency, breaks cinematic glass. Exactly. Yeah. The, like, the USB falls out of the wall and they put it in the internet. Yeah. No. In, in case of mobile hate, uh, drop the Diablo 4 trailer at the next BlizzCon. That's that's, that's right. Just yeah. in case, though. That's the only time. Yeah, it's yeah. funny you guys say it that way, though, because what you're describing, and I think what I'm describing without really even saying it is that the blizzard relationship was different than it is with almost anything else. Like even as much coverage as you guys do with final fantasy, it's not like you're super in tight, even symbolically with Square Enix. I, I couldn't get the them to talk to me if I tried, and I have tried. Uh, I exactly. Know I, it is a, I might as well, I would probably be just as successful if I stood outside a, a wall at their building that didn't have a window in it and just like yelled. Like, that's how it feels trying to hear back no, from I, Square. I think you're absolutely right. Doing anything with Squares probably feels like that. It feels like that with almost all of them. In a lot of senses, they're, they're cold corporate entities that are hard to penetrate. And so whatever content you make, you make it around the peripheral of that and you'd go on your way and you do it. But in Blizzard's case, the way that that place was set up culturally in their very beginnings carried all the way through in all of their growth and their explosive freaking massive wealth accumulation and all of the messed up things that can come from that, which a lot of messed up things did, we now know about. And they they still retained that kind of personal thing. It's hard to take that out of it. And because of that, when that all went down, it felt personal in a way that it probably shouldn't have. Like it's a lot of this is that it's, it's hard to say it's their fault, but it's the fault of that thing. And, and we don't have that thing with other stuff. So all of this just felt a little sharper, a little pointier, a little pricklier because the way that they, the way that they interacted with us is just not the same as everybody else did. And as much as I, say that well now under the circumstances this is now a problem because now they are kind of a cold corporate mess and the, you know activision does make a lot of these lousy calls and they and they are more beholden to them than we ever thought they were it still feels personal and it's really difficult to sort of skeech around it i, I i'm still not sure how to yeah no and and it, it almost had like many people went through really rough breakups we see that a lot in chat like people you know they have to diss their ex when it's brought up. There's this great right. need to, you know, post on Facebook about how you still hate him. It's like, it's, it's okay. The breakup can happen. It's okay. It's okay. If you feel that way, you can go. But for us who did that content, had that personal connection, I find myself, yeah. for those who said, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to make this place better, I cheer for them even harder now. Oh, like, yeah. I am even bigger fans of people who move from Here's the Storm to Diablo 4 because I'm like, yeah, all right. I loved your game. I, I can't wait to see what you do with this. And you're 
you know what you're a part of and you're trying to improve it. And that's yeah. just so commendable. And it just, it gets me going. It gets me invested so far. Well, it does me too. And I also, that's the other reason I'm not boycotting uh, their games. I'll play them. I'll play, I'll, I, I have Diablo. I have Diablo 4 and I will play it incessantly like a freak show when it comes out in June. And some would say, well, wait a minute. I thought you had all these problems with what Blizzard does. Blizzard employees are not calling for us to boycott games. They're calling for us to support them by, by buying their games while they and others try to get things fixed. We should have nothing. We should have two eyes happening. One eye squarely focused on Blizzard. If we care about it, Blizzard doing the right thing and showing transparent progress, right? But the other eye can also be looking at those devs, those artists, those creators, those animators, and then playing what they make. And I know it may seem like those two things are counter, but they're not. Like if you, if everyone truly boycotted the company, we did the, we did those people no favors, nothing. It did them no good. And I want everyone to make their own decisions, by the way, do whatever you want to do. But I do wish there'd be a little less uh, game police people going around going, I can't believe you're playing Diablo after all that was done at the thing. It's like, yeah, I know. But do you, do you, you have any idea what people are? Like, I don't want to just boil this all down to a, a giant logo. And that's, that's who we're mad at. There are people over there. And the people on the ground making the cool stuff, I'm stoked for them. And as much as I'm stoked for any, I'm, I'm stoked for big giant uh, games or what's the name? Anyway, the 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 Frost um, Giant. Oh, oh, the company. <laughs> yeah, not big giant, not giant games themselves. But no, who am I thinking of? They made the the, the Hades, uh, big giant games, oh, right? Super giant, super giant, super freaking. Giant. Oh right, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when I root for indies, same thing. It's like. I'm rooting for the people to make the cool stuff. I am not rooting for guys in suits who are trying to free to play monetize everything. And I think it's possible to support one while being annoyed and holding the others to account as often as you can. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's it, it, something I've been thinking a lot about lately too, is like the, if anything, this whole, the whole blizzard debacle made me a little scared to be a fan of, of like specific named game devs because like oh. who, who knows what will happen but at the same time too it's like oh, you can be a fan of literally anyone and they can turn out to be a monster and adjust yourself based on the actions of who you admire sure um, but yeah because same thing's now happening with with final fantasy 14 i'm excited for 16 I've, I've never been excited for a final fantasy game i'm excited for 16 because there's a bunch of talent from final fantasy 14 behind it like a lot of the I same developers. I can't wait for that game. Yeah, it, ooh, it looks good. I know everyone's like annoyed about squeezing through walls right now, I guess. Cause I, I, I made it, I think I made a joke on stream the other day. I was like, I guess Blizzard hasn't acted up in a while. Cause we're all making up reasons to be pissed off at video games right now. Uh, <laughs> Because like last week we were all mad at the the yellow barrels in Resident Evil Four, and this week we're all complaining about squeezing through walls in Final Fantasy Sixteen. And um, do you yeah, like video was, games? I'd like to ask the people <laughs> who are complaining about basic yeah. game mechanics, like the, I mean, the I, yellow the yellow tape slash yellow paint on objects and in, in yeah. uh, Resident Evil games. Yeah. I we we covered that actually a little bit on Core, but I am still to this moment. A little flummoxed why people don't like it. I personally love a video game, partly because when I walk into a room, well, I'll use a different example. I walk into a room in a shooter and I see a red barrel. I know what's up. If I shoot that red barrel, it explodes and takes out three demons with it, possibly. Yep. If I shoot it, nothing happens. Then I'm upset. Then I'm on Twitter going, what's with the red barrels that don't do nothing? Like, 
I yeah. like weird, tropey, stupid, stereotypic stuff that happens in games, and I don't want them to take it away. So that whole freak out flummoxed me. I didn't. I get watched it. you, Scott. I watched you play Resident Evil Village. Yeah, and you needed that tape to get under that bed when the baby Damn was right. after you. <laughs> yeah, right. You were in desperate need of some aid while panicking. You're well, not I kidding. can't wait. That- until yeah. next week, when we're all complaining about when are they going to make me stop reloading? It's such a lazy <laughs> game design to make me reload. <laughs> yeah, it's the, I mean, whatever. Gamers get bored. They want to complain. It's, <laughs> it's what we do. But, but uh, you're not wrong. And by the way, I'll just say this for the record. The worst, the scariest Resident Evil game is seven for the entirety of the game. Mm-hmm. The scariest moment in all history of Resident Evil games and horror games in general is that baby. Whatever the hell that thing was, the baby slug down the hallway that or that uh, Kyle mentioned, I'm just putting it out there for the record. There's never been a worse thing in a video game in the history of anything. Grandma made me, red tape. made me stop playing for like three days. Oh, seven is really bad, man. Seven is the most horrifying game experience I've ever had. Uh, Therefore, the great maybe the greatest horror game ever made, but yeah. it is so viscerally disturbing and un- unfortunate. Everything about it. Yep. Like I'll never do it again. I have this rule where I won't stream or play these things. I won't stream or play them unless somebody buys me a copy. So four, someone already did it. Four remake will be here next week. Perfect. And I was about I'll to ask, did you it. play the demo of four? Did you play the remake? No, I won't go near it unless someone buys something. It's okay. not going to happen. Well, no one needs to buy you a demo. It's free. Um, uh, 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 well yeah. well Capcom done. bought it for you. Uh, That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but why would I subject myself to that for free? Like, there it, needs to be this motivator. So right? you, you played the original four back in the day, right? You, uh, you, yes, you grabbed so your can... stupid, tiny GameCube backward spinning disc and and put I it did, in. I did, with the stupid C clip and all that. I did all that, or the C stick. I played that game back then, did not beat it. Because Sir, that's the nipple stick. You're, you're, you call it, you call it by its correct terminology, please. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. They they should have labeled it N. That would have been fine. Um, the but the nipple they, stick. They, I got, oh, I got as yeah, far in that game as I could. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Remember that? Because te- technically, know. yeah. Sort of. You know what it was for? It was for down smash. That's what it was yeah, for. It was for. The only thing I ever Smash used Bros. it for yeah. was down smash in Smash Brothers. That was a properly con- comfortable controller, but they needed just two dual shock sticks oh, like the, everybody. I still remember the first time holding a GameCube controller and feeling my fingers like uh, be like cradled by the, yeah. the shoulder buttons. And I'm just like, oh my God, this thing looks like fucking Lego, but it's so comfortable. <laughs> It's part of you. It was like uh, it's like that Existence movie where they all the fleshy controllers in it. They felt like it was just part of your soul. What, what is this? What movie? Stupid. You ever see the movie Existence? You haven't seen that? It sounds like a, a boner pill. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, this won't surprise you, but this was directed by David Cronenberg and written by him. That sounds like well. a Cronenberg. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. and it's really really weird. Is all I is all I even know how to say about it. It has Jude Law, Jennifer Jason Lee, Ian Holm, bunch of people you know. Oh my God, um, Jude Law with hair. Yep, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, came out the same year as The Matrix, and it has some of the most gross, weird, uh, like they're controllers, but they're made of flesh, and they look like game controllers. You have to see it. Oh, I'm looking at images point. right now. The, this is. It's Cronenberg. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. It's Cronenberg. Yeah. So that, that's how I kind of felt for a bit. I was like, oh, this controller is part of me. And then I went, boy, if there was just a, a right thumbstick, why is that not there? Nope. There's this little stupid eight way direction nipple thing. That sucked. <laughs> Hated that. And that big fat A button that was like a pill. 
Uh, anyway, I, it, eventually I started to like it again. It's there's a reason that became the go-to for Super Smash Brothers. Well, that's true. It still is to this day. So I can't I can't be- decry him for that. And yeah. Look, Nintendo does what Nintendo does. When they give us, they take it away. Take it yeah, away. As long, as long as you remember that Sega does what Nintendo. As more, more <laughs> that's right. That's right. Blast processing and all that. Never forget. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hey Diablo, you guys want to talk about? Yeah, let's, let's yeah. Talk about speaking of, speaking of games, we we might play tomorrow. Uh, although I got RE4 waiting for me, so I think I'm going to play that tomorrow. Um, mm. Might get up some Diablo on Sunday, but uh, yeah. We, so we've all had a chance to sink our teeth into the Diablo Four beta which means you both oh i was gonna say kyle finally had a chance to play it but no you both had a finally had a chance to play because neither of you uh showed up to blizzcon 2019 no i was gone that year um but which means uh, kyle i'm sorry i got to play the druid you wanted to play so badly oh, oh right. yeah there yeah that's yeah. right see that, I mean, that's my much- only conspiracy theory right like you know what, what the hell druid and necromancer that's really locking down the <laughs> the special toppings you know like that's that's a pay extra for cheese kind of they're kinda they're uh, my understanding they're unlocked this weekend yeah you're oh, playing really oh it's that soon huh? yeah okay. yeah so this weekend you'll play the real question is are they going to lock the other three out while these two are available or is this now just a big party with everybody in it i don't know but the but the necro and the and the uh druid are open this weekend so very excited Ooh. yeah and those are the way i usually go with these games like um, I wasn't sure about Witch Doctor in the last one, but you're talking about my favorite game series of all time, by the way. Uh, Diablo I don't is think still I knew that. that. Yeah, I don't think I've ever told you in particular, but of all the like franchises of video games ever made, I mean, it's there's so many now, it's hard to even pick one, but I think in a, in a pinch with a gun to my head, I'm saying Diablo. I played one and two incessantly. Two in particular just really went bananas on two, and then three... I'd loved three and I played three right up until season 28 uh, here and there. But, but my hardcore time with three was just pronounced. I played so much three um, and every other action RPG that comes around. I usually dabble in. I'll play a little path of exile and there's some new thing from somebody, even bad ones. I'll play them just to see how they are. And uh, you know, so for therefore a big anticipated thing for me, um, I guess as an overall, I'm extremely happy to say that I think this thing is nailing everything I like about it. Um, you know, in a weird way, this, uh, I think John said it, so I'll, I'll give him credit cause I think he maybe coined this first, but the game, uh, two is like a rated R film that you loved. Three was like a rated PG version of a sequel to the film you love and you still liked it this feels like a return to that rated R roots and, and does so deftly. It's the, it's the John wick four of fourth games uh, where it's reviewing. Wait, wait, hold on. I'm just going to, I'm just going to sideline the whole podcast. Have you already seen John wick four? I haven't, but the reviews, according to the reviews, this thing is better than all three combined. The first three combined is it's what I love that first movie. I mean, I, I love, love them all, all but, I love them all too. I'm 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 a little skeptical as well, but as as an as an analogy, I think it probably works if it's truly that good. Another a good example would be Fury Road is by far the superior. Oh, oh do you like Fury Road, Scott? I was unaware yeah, of the like fact that you're a big fan of Mad Max Fury yeah. Road. You probably never even heard of it, but no. it's this little show. No. Yeah, little thing. I definitely um, didn't wear my unofficially licensed <laughs> Furiosa t shirt to the first Intertackler I ever went to uh, with intent. 
Yeah, I knew I knew that too when you showed up. I was very proud. That was my one of my one of the reasons 2015 is one of my favorite years is literally because that movie came out that year. But uh, uh, I got I got 2015 all, was a very good year. I got married in 2015, and yeah, that came out. Year. And one of the greatest horror films of all time, It Follows, came out the same weekend. Yeah. Also, the best nerdtacular ever, and Chris Metzen came to it, and we had the uh, oh, what was the other thing? Oh, wait, Canada. They read all. That was an amazing year for all kinds of reasons. It Plus, was, I yeah, I had long, awesome hair still, and I weighed like forty pounds less. It was an amazing year. But anyway, and Legion was right around the corner. Wow, was about yeah, to Legion be was, awesome again. Yeah, Legion was being announced the week after the event, uh, and Legion turned out to be one of the best expansions they ever did. So it was just a real high point for all sorts of reasons. But Mad Max stands as this thing where Fury Road so outpaced what came before. And I'm not trying, I'm not throwing shade. I love Road Warrior, but I'm telling you, it is by far and away a masterwork. So I'll use that as my example. Four feels like it has that potential. There's some unknowns. We have some end game questions. We got some battle pass questions, some microtransaction questions, some online all the time questions about Diablo 4. There's a lot there. But as, as a as a first dipped toe into the experience last weekend, I believe this thing is going to be a monstrous hit and will be my favorite Diablo to date. I really like what I played. I think it's good. Okay, so Ooh. you got really really into two. What what was the the element of two that you feel like is strongest in four? So to give you that uh, for me, it's tone. Um, the tone of two was a very dark, grim, dark fantasy tone. Mm. It took itself very seriously. Um, it didn't, it wasn't free of goof. Like you, you know, you had your Deckard Canes and your whatnots in there. And, and some of that's just cheesy just cause it is. Uh, but the tone of it was, Hey, this is dark and serious and we got work to do and let's get this done. And we're never going to really have an easy time against Diablo or his minions. And, and, uh, you're making some hard choices here that are going to, that are really going to stick. It's going to sting if you go the wrong direction. Well, some of that I think goes overboard compared to today's standards, like locking in an ability and never being able to change it. No respec in other words. And the fact that four has a method of respec, I think is, is good, but it's also, it's got a sting to it in terms of gold cost. Uh, there's a lot of controversy about that. Uh, John in particular hates it, but I don't think it's that bad. Anyway, um, this game is, is a return to that tone that that feeling that sanctuary is not a place uh with a lot of happy go lucky good times and not that three was a party it's not that three wasn't serious three was serious but three was a little more wow serious it was a little more like you know as much as we're going to show Asmodam with his giant nipple rings stomping around ready to kill everybody we're also going to shift the camera over here and hear uh Tyrael talk about why his stomach feels strange over and over while you're in town like they were willing to go in sort of a goofy direction with that in a way that they weren't with two uh four is a return to that tone of two the grim dark tone and the graphics enhance that the sound work enhances that and that to me is the number one hook of two that they have returned to i think in spades in four some some may argue Maybe you'll hear that on core tonight that they overcorrected in tone, but I think it's just right. And I really like the feel of it. So oh, that's a I, huge part of it for me. I haven't heard the overcorrection. Is that what, what, what's kind of that? John, John suggests that I keep throwing John under the bus here. He's suggesting. And he'll talk <laughs> it, it, can we just like call John on? We'll we just could eventually just assemble core. core on yeah, we'll just get core going early today. Um, but he, he, 
he believes they may have overcorrected a little bit on that side of it and that there's not enough um, good hearted, but this, he's a guy that loves like big goofy anime costumes and you know, he, it'll make it surprise no one that he absolutely loves uh, final fantasy, but he loves it for, he loves it for all the right reasons. One of the reasons he really likes is because he likes how fantastical stuff is. You know, he wants, he likes the idea of everything's got wings and it's on fire or whatever. Th- this is a little bit more like, no, nah, it's dark. This guy's wearing leather. It's a hood on his head and his weapon's cool, but none of this is like, um, there's no goofball yet. Now, maybe there's a cow level. Maybe there's the, what's the one last time where you were in like a land of happy smiles oh, and clouds? Oh, it's uh, hard to get to. I worked hard to get there. Shit, what's yeah. it called? It has a rainbow name. land. Rainbow something, whatever yeah. it was. Whimsy Shire. Um, thank you. Whimsy Shire. Thank you, Boopy and chat. My guess is a bunch of this stuff still comes up and is still in the game with this way too limited of a test to even know that. So I think that maybe some of that judgment is a little too early uh, for me and him. But uh, but for me, Diablo was always a dark, gritty place that 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 I wanted to spend time in and less of the more raw, raw, heroic wow method i don't it's hard for me to explain and it sounds almost like i'm throwing chris under the bus who i happen to be close friends with but he was he was mostly in charge of the new tone of three and it very much showed i think it showed this kind of warcraftian more traditional captain america kind of approach to something than what i came to diablo for which was the more blood dripping off daggers and let's go get demons kind of vibe and I feel like four has returned to that in spades, and I'm very excited. Sure, I mean, we we should point anybody who's interested in any game design towards your interviews with Chris Metzen. I love them; they give me a weird other dimension feel because I feel like I know him so personally now, but I've never interacted with the guy. Like, oh, that's why Heart of the Swarm was that way. Yes, the psychological uh, implications of his lifestyle. Like, yeah. Oh my god! Like, I, I just feel so rude. I feel so rude after listening to those, but they're amazing. Like, you have yeah, any they're really good. They're all out there. If people want to track them down, they're, they're they 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 hold even the earliest one will really hold up for you. It was right after he retired from Blizzard the first time. He's now back there on a on sort of limited role, but. But we totally um, see that venture, yeah. like if through Myths of Pandaria into this more biblical kind of feel of Diablo 3 and then Hard the Swarm into Legacy of the Void, like we are going big. Everything is huge mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely, particularly with the first, not act in Diablo 4, but the story they introduce you with, you sort of learn to play tutorial area. They have taken it down. It's much, much smaller, much, much darker. Yeah, much more personal. In some in some ways, it's larger, like the the town where you're sort of where you see the most other humans, which is also a controversial thing in the game. But um, that stuff obviously is a little more nuanced than Trist, you know, uh, Tristram or or smaller towns as represented in three. Uh, but the story and what you're doing on the ground feels much more intimately tied to the moment. That's very much a feeling I get in Diablo two. And less so in three. Because what three opened with like a meteor crash through a church and you immediately descend. And whereas this, it's like, I don't know, like 40 minutes in, I go into the world's smallest chapel and see a creepy flashback. And it was very muted and Mm -hmm. violent uh, Mm -hmm. and and deeply off putting. And and, and to me, it felt like uh, when Kyle uh, starts a a one shot D and D for me, Mm. that's what Mm. it felt like to me. It was very small scale, uh, uh, tiny 
down on its luck town. You know, yeah. Issues. That whole church thing reminded me. It was like, hey, what if, um, <laughs> what if we had a prequel to Resident Evil Four, and we show you how that village got all whacked a out a bit? Yeah, I got, I got yeah. that vibe. I got that vibe too. Although there was something that happened with accepting drinks from someone you probably shouldn't. That reminded me of Final Fantasy fourteen of all things. But. Oh yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot of parallels, and I'm not, I'm not even gonna tell anyone that I think that the writing so far and what they've given us, and we've only seen portions of Act One, but. I'm not here to t- say that I'm seeing anything that's like, oh my gosh, you guys, next level writing. Yeah, it's gonna. It, it's not. That's not this. Yeah, it's and I don't. Anything. I don't usually have a take on Blizzard narrative until I've kind of consumed the entire thing. Which uh, good luck if you play World of Warcraft because they almost never give you an ending. Um, but, yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> but, I think. I mean, they did Leah dirty in that last one. We really never got. They, they did us dirty. They just they like didn't give us an ending. They're just like and Reaper of Souls and it's a cliffhanger and we're just not going to make another game. Uh, well, we know, now, we know why like, now. We know they canceled. We you know in the aftermath of all that messy stuff at Blizzard, one yes. of the things that came out is they canceled a a uh expansion they had all ready to rock and uh they canceled it like before we could get it so you know all that stuff was going to come to a, a, a at least some point of resolution and it never got a chance to so yeah yeah and, and starcraft like because i like i loved wings of liberty and i liked heart of the swarm and the legacy of the void just became anime ass killed god and i'm like i don't like this anymore we started as it was incredible it, it was a best play pushed the art Best yeah, playing so RTS far. ever. Did did you yeah. are you out there? Are you in the sound of my voice? Did you buy Warcraft Three or Forge and you hated it because it was legitimately bad and you're like, I want a good RTS experience and you didn't play StarCraft two? Go play StarCraft two. It's no, I literally bought it, knew it was crap, and went and played StarCraft two anyway, because I knew how better it was. <laughs> yeah, StarCraft two is and especially Legacy of the Void, if you want like a narrative RTS experience, Legacy of the Void's campaign is one of the best controlling isometric experiences I've ever experienced. Great sentence craft me um sentence craft yeah but uh it's yeah like blizzard Blizzard's working on a new mobile game called sentence craft and you have to type out commands or something (laughs) typing of the dead or something like that anyway sorry you 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 gave me a good idea but i'm not a blizzard so i can't execute on it sorry yeah so my my point is like i never really have a take on on narrative until i get to the end of it it's like we 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 got to the end of legion we actually got some resolution i was like that was a good expansion i like that story yeah and the good news is the moment to moment combat in diablo 4 is where it is shining for me the most um all this other stuff aside like it is a graphical uh, big up uptick it's uh you know fidelity wise they they are very smart in some of the stuff they're doing like when you look at your character you are seeing a big rendered beautiful up close highly textured detailed version of your character wearing the gear they're wearing and you're seeing stitches on on leather and you're seeing shiny bits on their swords and all this stuff that is not by accident their intent with this is a long tail of getting you to play the game and unlock new gear and buy gear and do the battle passes and they know how important this is if you compare this to what three did it's night and day <laughs> three three's real crusty up close uh, if you take a look at your character a little too close, I they wouldn't be able to do that. in-game cutscenes like what they're doing in D4 with these. No, not even it would, close. It would fall apart very quickly. Yeah, three, does, three really is aging impressive. well though. I like three. It kind of looks like paper craft nowadays. Like, yeah, they're not really shoulders. They're hollow. They're this weird kind of folded metal thing. But yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, still like the environment like, work in charm. three. When, yeah. when three originally released, I really liked the environment work. I was like, "Oh my god, it looks like a Frazetta painting." Uh, yeah, and the important thing is now that the, I'm, the, the, oh, the three quarter view, a three quarter view camera looking over three. Three is still a beautiful game. Like 
there's nothing wrong with three. It's just that if you really want to get into paper doll <laughs> economics of video games, three was never going to have that. Like it's just yeah. not, it's not up and close and personal enough, but this is, yeah. and it is, whew, man, I'm, on that. I'm that guy. I, I'm, I'm the one who's kind of like, Oh, the story, like it, Lilith is a little verbose for me is my biggest critique. Like I enjoyed darkest dungeon. I want someone to be like such violence is unbecoming. And that's like it. Nothing more to say <laughs> that end of story. I, I love you're looking for mail. And that's what the boss had to say. Lilith is very much like, ah, oh, my children, such were the ways of life. I'm like, why, why, why do you have so much to say? Just drive everyone insane and leave. Just go. Just go. You got nothing. I watched Garrett do the whole first dungeon. Lil's just talking and talking. I'm like, You're, you've already mind controlled this poor lady. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say? Yeah, Why she's, are you talking she's so verbose. Much? She talks a lot for sure. I'm, I'm not. I guess, I, I'm not yeah. against. I, I I don't think you're wrong there. Uh, like, keep some <laughs> mystery for the love of God. Um, yeah. Um, Her silence in the opening cinematic from 2019's reveal still yes. the, one of the greatest CGI cinematics ever made. Okay, period. That's my opinion. Not even looking at the guy. Like, just like, you're nothing to me. It's, yeah. And when that happens, and she comes out of the big placenta in the sky. True. She never says a word. It's all Rathma talking, assuming that's him. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 that, and she never says anything. I kind of like her like that. And I don't mean like... Shut up, woman. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying <laughs> no one accused saying, you of that. No oh, wow. I would have gotten shit for this. I would have gotten shit for this. I promise. There was shit coming. It was a matter of me catching it or not. There is a. There is a, 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 a. That's a. That's an escalation. <laughs> You've I just, been on like, the internet too long, sir. I just like malevolent, silent types. This, yeah, you call I that like internet these. bruising. That's the Scott is the victim sure. of internet bruising. <laughs> Let's put it this way: I don't want Diablo to talk either. I don't want Bale or any of them to. I want them just to go, and then let's fight. So yeah. she is a lot. There's a lot of talk. I'm guessing when we finally run into, uh, uh, not Azriel, what's his name? Uh, her old boyfriend that's now, he helped her make oh, sanctuary. Anarius. Anarius. We meet him finally. Those two uh, are going to talk a lot, is my guess. A lot. Yeah, they're going to have a lot. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of talking. But the game, here's where the biggest, okay, this is, this is my final huge giant take on the overall. The moment-to-moment gameplay is really tight, really sticky, really good. Like, I don't care what class. I tried all the classes just to get a little taste of them early on anyway. Uh, stuck with the Sorcerer for most of it because I usually go Magic. But they all feel incredibly well uh, mastered as, as playable characters. It just feels insane. And that is the long tail. That is what makes you keep coming back. Because at the end of the day, especially on a mouse and keyboard, you're doing a lot of clicking. Is that clicking worth it? Hundred percent yes, because this game plays like a dream. So I'm so oh, I'm so stoked to just be completely overwhelmed by Diablo desire in June. Yeah, well, I can't wait. Kyle kept getting disconnected, and so he just uh, watched my gameplay on. And you can find this if we got a live stream playlist. You can go find this um, from last Friday. And uh, I got to the second boss, which is like a big ad phase situation. You fight this. Characters just summoning a bunch of demons. Did you get to that part, Scott? Yeah, yeah, right. I saw that bit. Yeah, we were playing on the the highest difficulty that you pick. There's only two difficulties on the beta for now, and I just I got wrecked, and and we took a good like ten minutes. It was like, all right, 
Let's respect Garrett's Barbarian. And we sat there and we like tried to figure it out. I was like, what would be better for this fight? Unfortunately, it was Whirlwind and I hate Whirlwind build. Uh, mm. But we took a minute and thought about like, well, maybe we should get some damage mitigation through a shout and, and swap this over to change my spender to Whirlwind. And, and it, I was really fascinated by that. I really liked that. And, and you're also, your mileage will vary based on your difficulty, right? You could probably brute force it on a lower difficulty, but right, um, right. I was really struggling and we, 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 yeah. we had a, we took 10, like worked on this early game build. And I just thought that was fun as hell. I'm sure it'll get yeah. streamlined. You're, you're going to go to some fan site. It's going to be like, do this build. But, uh, I had, a, I had yeah, a, that, that was an experience I didn't thing, expect to have. I did not same, expect to have experience like that. That's exactly the same here. And, uh, I'll, I'll tell you something a little bit weird I'm doing. I played mouse and keyboard, uh, Diablo my entire life, but this is the first time I'm going strictly controller. And the reason for that is because it's cross play and it is cross progression and the PC version supports controller. I went that way so that when I do get the Series X version, I'll be able to continue over there and just play on my ass on the couch, which I'm looking forward to a lot. But uh, the the good news is, some of you might say, oh, sacrilege, sacrilege like freaking Imperius. Uh, it um, is. It is, by the way. <laughs> the controller support for this thing is really good. And the stutter step quality of like how I dealt with hard fights vastly superior on a controller i'm I'm laying that gauntlet down now. are you did you play much d3 on on console i did both i played uh, mostly pc but then played uh on console as well and the, the only thing i didn't like is that the pc version never got controller support so i couldn't unify my muscle memory you know yeah i was curious if you're because I, I saw some i saw multiple websites and outlets put out articles and stories and and headlines about uh, the, the loss of just the infinite, infinite dash that you could do in D3 on only yeah. on console, because now they've, they've yeah. hit it with the cooldown in D4. Yeah. They and now both PC, PC and too. console have this dash because as you said, it's just cross play. It's the exact yeah. same game. Regardless it's of- a funky thing to complain about because it didn't really serve. So, okay, here's two things about the tumble or the role in console version of three. It didn't speed you up at all. Okay. Uh, it, it gave you the feeling you might be, but it wasn't faster. It's was literally the same speed as if you ran to that spot versus you rolling to that spot. So having infinite roll really meant nothing in that game, but it was fun to do because it was this little animation and you could do it, but it really yielded you very little, which they had to do so that the PC players were like, whoa, you gave them this real cool thing that has a strategic advantage in play. It didn't. It didn't have any. Well, so it had one. a strategic advantage in actual combat to give you a, a micro correction in where you're located. For it someone did, that didn't you could, have, you literally could turn and walk that other way and be there at the same in the same speed. It, it, there was no there there was no, and you would you can't evade anything. So let's say an ability uh, from the enemy is hitting you while you rolled, whether you walked there or or rolled there, same vulnerability. And you got there no faster. You just felt like you did, but you didn't. This was like a thing I watched on a split. YouTube thing where they compared them and it was all a ruse. You weren't actually moving any quicker. So you really weren't escaping much. So those console people think they had an advantage. They no longer have it because they think they did. They really didn't. That I, being it's said, still, giving it, it's still, I think it works better for a console environment because it's a, it's a fixed distance and it was yeah. dedicated on the right stick. Like that's what the right stick did. No, like, you're totally right. Like I, I have no problem with it being there, but, but the change to this shouldn't cause consternation because there's two things happening here. 
The new version, yes, it has a cooldown. It makes it more, you got to be thoughtful about that thing. You got to be like, mm, when am I going to use it? It's on cooldown. And if you got a character that's got two get out of jail cards, the dash and uh, a blink or something, you want to maybe stagger those, right? So you've always got something ready if you need it. Uh, so you're having to watch that cooldown. I actually like that, but I also like that the dash, even with, so now with a cooldown, the dash is actually faster and does get you somewhere that acts as an actual dodge and not just a animation to make you think you're getting some benefit. Mm. So it works like intended. It works like an actual dodge and get out of the way. And it has a cooldown. So, you know, a little from Peter, a little from Paul there, but I, I think it's a perfectly fine thing. Having played both, I don't know why it's a huge problem for people. Yeah. It really, I, yeah. I would say people didn't make it to the first dungeon if they didn't like the dash because when you get in there you find out that the various enemies have different ais and different programs to them and you really kind of see that that dna of starcraft later like legacy of the void and uh reaper because mm -hmm. you have different attack types like one the ghouls try to surround you from behind and if you didn't have a dash you couldn't break that surround to get mm -hmm. your your kiting going again as you you know move down the hall and then you have your archers that are working themselves backwards. At the same time, you have these sort of brutes that are in your face. Right. So right. To and me, this the dash, dash, is, this dash yeah. is more akin to, to something Hades would provide your character. It's a little bit like, closer to that. It's an actual, actual dash. Cover more ground in a fast way kind of dash. And for me, that's a great addition to the game, especially on PC. Because, you know, we never got the other one that wasn't even all that big of a deal anyway on PC as it was. So for me, it's a non-complaint. I don't know why people think it's a big deal. It, to me, it's a new way to play the game. The game also requires more juking and jiving than it used to. It used to be just come in there and vomit your abilities on everything. This new game seems to be a little more focused on some strategy during those fights. And it seems like some of the boss fights are definitely lessons learned from raiding in World of Warcraft. And how to stay out of the crap and how to dodge certain things. There's a bit of a bullet hell thing going on with one fight. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, so those sorts of skills are different for this game, uh, different than they have been. And I'm, I welcome it. It just felt like a more strategic, uh, uh, game where more movement mattered. I didn't just go in and go and fire everything off and win. I actually just wandered in and, and, and would have a challenge and have to get out of the way. And some of these elites weren't kidding around. Um, so to me, that's a huge step in the right direction for the game. Personally, I love it. Yeah, so that, uh, it, that was my reaction too. Is uh, oh, this is reminding me of Enter the Gungeon or even Vampire Survivors. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good comparison. In fact, the my only complaint about Vampire Survivors is there's no there's no proper dash in that game, and I wish there was. And so the the survivors likes that I've glommed onto, like Soul Survivors, a couple others they have some form of a dash and it makes such a huge difference, but it is that kind of, there's a lot of shit going on. I need to be smart about where I'm at and where I'm heading while I'm doing my work. Right. Three felt more like go in, blow it up, move on. And obviously it's class dependent, but at, at some point during late game, all you're doing is just exploding on everything, no matter what class you are, just with different abilities. And four felt like they were trying to say to me, no, 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 you still got to think when you come in here, you got to like, Pay attention to your surroundings. Pay attention to what these guys do, what their patterns are. That that is a that is something that actually wouldn't sound great to me on paper, but in action, I think Force got a good balance. At least so far, it's early, but I really like what I played. 
I, I enjoyed my time. I, fought, I found myself multiple times this week being like, I'm going to go play D4 night, but I couldn't because it's freaking beta and they turned oh. it off after the weekend. You and I are the same. I even fired it up Wednesday and it just gave me a screen saying not currently going. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I had that feeling. I had that feeling. I think, I think I, uh, tweeted at one of our buddies who works on the team that I'm like, I'm going to lose a lot of hours to this. Oh, it's going to kill me. My wife, I've already warned her. I'm like, you know what June is, right? And she's like, no. And I go, well, I'll, you know what? I'll hold off and, and, and tell you as we get closer. Yeah. At the end of May, I go, you know, uh, next month might be a little weird. I'm just warning you now. So, yeah. so that's a, a healthy question. What would you recommend in the meantime? Like, you, you know, you got that itch. It, June's a long ways off in, in a is, non yeah. kind of meta sort of way. Don't think about it too much. Months are hopefully long. <laughs> but what, what would you what would you play in the meantime? Um, well, if you haven't ever played Hades, I would play Hades. Hades has a vibe that is, well, they've even said that Hades devs have talked many times about how Diablo was a, was a big influence for them in terms of, you know, the kind of game they wanted to make. But if you're not really into roguelikes and stuff and you want something more like a pure ARPG sort of experience, my bet right now on the next big thing that isn't Diablo is last epoch, which is still in early access on steam. Uh, steadily working on it, putting out updates. They just put out a multiplayer update that frankly is a little broken, but they, they're working on it. But the core game of Last Epoch is real, really good. And it feels like that is um, at least at the level of what Path of Exile was in terms of competition for three. It feels like Last Epoch's aiming for that position. And it's less complex than Path of Exile in terms of its skill system. Uh, it tries to it tries to kind of meet in the middle a little like four to be honest four four corrects on some of the more simplified rune system of three but not quite the craziness of path path of exile or poe maybe a little closer to what two did but respectable like they're they're going for a trying for a happy medium there and i think it's going to go well for them and that's i would argue that's what last epoch is doing and um i think that thing has huge potential really interesting classes um so if it's so if you're looking for like a, a an actual Diablo like that is one to keep your eye on for sure and it goes on sale a lot so you get a good deal on it. I would like to second Hades. I got really into it again over the uh, last holidays. Yeah, everything I'll say for Hades. Oh, you know what else I'd play? Sorry, if you're in the mood, we mentioned Vampire Survivors and we mentioned Diablo. What if I told you there was a game? In alpha mode that's currently free, but on Steam and available to play, Steam Deck, computer, controller, all that stuff, that is the two, those two things mushed together. Well, it'd be a little game called Halls of Torment. Haven't heard of it. Sounds like a World of Warcraft thing. But anyway, they listed it as a prelude. It's free. (laughs) Uh, You go and play it. But basically, imagine this. It is 2D looking sprite based dude that looks a lot like Diablo characters. Oh, this is Archer adorable and it's very crusty super super like diablo one diablo two kind of era graphics but you're playing vampire survivors the game you know that gameplay is what you're playing so you're running around killing demons that look like demons from diablo the music feels like it the animations the sound effects all of it but you're constantly getting upgrades you're picking up xp in the form of gems uh they drop health potions that are like diablo health potions and make that cool sound they make um it really is the marriage of vampire survivors and Diablo, <laughs> like straight up. Like when I say that, I'm not kidding. That is exactly what this game is. And it's surprisingly good. So huh. recommend Halls of Torment. This looks cool. 
It is cool. That's it. I have have not, I have not joined the cult. I have not tried vampire survivors yet. So I don't know, but. Oh yeah. So you, I mean, vampire survivors and I have a weird relationship. I'm, I, I think it's so damn ugly that it's hard for me to want to play. (laughs) But so many of these vampire survivor likes have come out since, and they're all like three, four bucks. So they're easy to buy and see how they are. And they, most of them do such a better job graphically and add things like dash and a few tweaks that I think are good that I'm just not on board with the freak out over the original, but some of these also rands are excellent. And this seems like one that's probably going to be pretty cool. Huh. So it's free. Give so it freaking, you know, yeah. look. go for it. I mean, honestly, like go in on this, know it's a new game and then go play Diablo one. Diablo one is still great. It's a very mm-hmm. different game, but it is still really solid just be careful teleport teleport actually just puts you somewhere random on the map and doesn't yeah. actually move you forward <laughs> like you would expect <laughs> yeah that game was wild in a couple of ways that was really weird and unique at the time and also any kind of online play like you could play on a land and pick up the ear of somebody you fought and pvp and stuff that was unheard of in 96 or whatever it was and uh they that's that stuff blew my mind but but yeah if you if you like the the tone of one and two Four's got it. It has the gameplay fluidity of three and some of the complexities of two and path. I just think this game is going to do gangbusters, man. It'll be the biggest game of the year. I'm I'm convinced of it. And there's a lot of stuff to come out yet. It's a big game or big year for games. Lots of cool stuff, but I don't know how anyone beats this in sales. The fact that it's multi-platform and launching same day and having great success with this test, I just don't know how they failed. They'd have to Mm -hmm. really screw it up. Well, I'm ready to just be able to play it when I want to and not, uh, not on a schedule. So, you know, yep. Same get on that. Like I I have no criticisms. I'm, I know, I know there are problems with the game there. And, and again, we Diablo three is one of my favorite games ever, but it wasn't until they took out that stupid real money auction house and, and revamped loot. And when they did that, it became one of the best games ever made. Will this have any stumbles at, at launch? Will we, regret things like a battle pass at the beginning you know i don't know it, I don't yeah know. it depends to me it's it comes down to how unobtrusive is the battle pass for those who do not want to interface with it um right so we'll yeah, we'll totally see i can't i i don't I, I don't imagine a world where it's as egregious as diablo immortal which i think was deeply deeply flawed in a lot of ways um but I think we're all a little sensitive after Diablo Immortal. And if we even get like a whiff of some immortal money grubbing mobile BS, I think we're all going to be pretty, pretty bummed about it. Well, yeah. Immortal, Immortal also had the, the air of this was almost a full Diablo game, right? Like when you saw that boss that was slamming the glass from underground in the green bluish yeah. room, you, you yeah. went, Oh, that was Reaper of Souls, wasn't it? Like that—that yeah. that was the tile set with the, the the theming and everything. We missed another game because this existed now. I mean, yeah. my my caution to everyone, you know, if you're concerned about the game, is this is not Path of Exile. Path of Exile is an extremely deep, obtuse game that is for those who enjoy extremely obtuse builds. And probably just cover guides anyway, but it makes you feel super powerful. Yeah, or if you've been there from since day one and never left, because entering it now, it's almost impenetrable. It's just yeah. a feature creep nightmare over there. And I don't want, you know, Path of Exile people get really offended when you say anything bad about their game. But I'm just throwing it out there that feature creep is real. I think they've even acknowledged it a little bit. Your sequel that's coming is, is exciting. I hope it works out. But 
getting into that game now is really hard, I think. Uh, it is. It, it's it's impossible to penetrate, but it is a really good game if you want to live and breathe Diablo. I right. don't think Diablo 4 is going to be your live and breathe game, and you're going to see a lot of articles that say things like, a perfect turn-your-brain-off game, and for many people, particularly if you're kind of in the story mindset, you go, oh, ew. Oh, no, no, my brain requires fulfillment and, and rich. Uh, uh, it, 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 yes, maybe, maybe, sometimes I just want to kill shit, yes. okay? And so there, I, there are two extremes on the spectrum, and, and we the game is ending up more in the middle. I just want, I want I just, to kill stuff, and I want numbers to go up. I just that's want to kill it. stuff, and I don't want gotcha mechanics, so I'm not playing Lost Ark. That's, that's it. Exactly. That's what we're doing. There you uh, go. Lost Ark has had all the potential in the world to take my life away, and they, they blew it with all that stuff. So Yeah, yeah so don't blow it, Diablo 4. Yeah, please. Don't blow it. Uh, so yeah, far, it's, so it's, it's the Goldilocks zone for me. It's exactly what I want from a game like this. So, um, well, we look forward to it. Scott, are, do, you have, do, you, do you have time? You, you're being very generous for some, for some Q&A. We've got some questions. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Let's do some Q&A. I like Q- it. Q&A? And A, yeah. Uh, uh, Kyle, do you want to support our bromance? Absolutely. If so, folks, if, yeah, you know, just taking a little break here, let let you know that you can go to supportourbromance.com. That is uh, just, it's just the best, it's just the best website. It's, it's the place, it's the place. I should probably inform you that it goes to our Patreon so that you're not like, what's this weird <laughs> link that Garrett's telling me to go Overwhelmed. to? Yeah, but go sure. to supportourbromance.com. It'll take you to our Patreon, uh, which is an opt-in way to support everything Kyle and I do together. If you like our YouTube channel, if you like our streams, if you like our podcast, if you like all three or some weird mix of that, uh, may- maybe we just, like one of us made a tweet you laughed at and you're like, I'd like to chip a dollar their way. Uh, you can do that at supportourbromance.com. We got some wonderful perks up there. You will get access to our members only channel in our Discord. Uh, there's multiple channels in there, including a questions channel that goes directly to us and that's where we pull questions for the podcast so go check it out support our thank you so much for the support everybody back to the show q without the a or else what's the point you know <laughs> <laughs> all right let's uh, let's take some questions okay hello there hello there hello there you can send your emails to feedback at startgrindinggear.com or if you're supporting us on Patreon, which you can check out by going to supportourbromance.com. Uh, we've got a we've got dedicated members-only channels in our Discord. Four questions, and that's where I pulled them from today. Crushinator is going to start us off and says, Scott, your ongoing dragon beef with friend of the show, John Jagger, has remained mostly a stalemate after many rounds. Can you convince Garrett and Kyle that ESO dragons are superior? Mm. That's just as wrong because World of Warcraft dragons are superior. I'll see if I have an A to that Q. That's a big one. Um, well, all right. On the show, whenever it comes up, we 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 play this. Dragon beef. All right, dragon beef. So for folks who are unaware, uh, uh, John Jagger, it, our community, who if you watch the stream Final Fantasy XIV, John Jagger is referred to as our MS curator. He gives yeah. us suggestions on where we should stop when we're planning a <laughs> evening of Final Fantasy XIV story progression. Uh, he is also one of the three hosts over on your podcast called Core, which right. Kyle and I both love very much and highly recommend people go listen to. Yes, and he come by the way his his knowledge of of uh, Final Fantasy fourteen is insane, partly because that Fast. dude played through the entirety of the game. I don't know three times just to keep hearing that story three times. That's how much he loves it. It's a good story. Uh, we're still yeah, not done with it, but, it, but we just got to the end of patch 5.0 and uh scott oh. 
Yeah. Hey, Scott, let's flip the tables here. You should play Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV. Um, should I now? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I would highly I'm not recommend that anime game. I'm, a, I'm probably, uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm just doing my Garrett impression of 2019 or 2020. Yeah, so Dragon um, Beef is that John Jagger loves the way dragons look like in Final Fantasy XIV. You do not like the way dragons look in Final Fantasy XIV. No, 14. I'm going to give ESO some points here uh, for their dragon design. I'm more of a sort of Drake guy anyway. I don't like front arms on my dragons. Now, if they're going to be there, I'm okay with it, but I still need them looking kind of Western dragony, lizardy looking Game of Thronesy dragons. Those I, are my. Dragons. I prefer dinosaurs with wings, which is why I like World of Warcraft dragons the most. Sure, those are cool too. And the, and Wait, the what's new the got some, some pretty neat stuff. What'd you say, Kyle? What's the alternative? Like T Rex arms? Like what? What? Uh, well, yeah, you got, got the front arms. You got uh, the front arms with. I, I, you know, I, normally like Drakes have got the big. You know, they got claws, but they've got the big wings, and when they're on the ground, they're kind of crawling around with those wings. Yeah, the uh, wings you are, are the front arms on the dragons. Scott likes that I like. They yeah, are no like, front arms. They are wings. Yeah, and I and I can deal with front arms again, but I need them to be that kind of dragon. I need it to be the Western style. Think Skyrim dragons. Think, uh, remember Fire in the Sky? That cool movie. Oh, I love that movie. Oh, those dragons are awesome. Still awesome. Wait, by the Fire way. in the Sky is an alien movie. Are you yeah, thinking oh, of Rain of Fire? Rain of Fire. Rain of Fire, sorry. Yes, yeah, Rain, Rain of Fire, Fire, a movie whose special effects shouldn't hold up as well as they do. They absolutely Still do. It looks right. incredible. And it's got the weirdest Matthew McConaughey role in the history of ever. Um, he's done some well, weird shit, but he's fair. done some weird That's a contender yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird I'm one. I'm having to think like, about he, that, but that's not what we're here to discuss. No. Um, but I what I don't like is this kind of frilly, too many horns, too many wings. And some people say, well, you just don't like Asian dragons. Like, no, that's not it. It's just too much shit on those things. They're just covered in <laughs> shit. I like the concept art for the dragons in Final Fantasy XIV a lot. I do not love their in-game models. See, that's where I'm at. I like the concept art better than I do the actual in-game use. So so uh, my, my A to your Q is right where Garrett is on it. I don't hate, hate them. All right, they're fine. Like, that, it, most of this beef is kind of just for fun and laughs and giggles. But... um. I don't like those. If I put, if you said to me, Scott, we have to live with dragons for the rest of time. That's just the way it's going to be. Which are you picking? I'm doing cool lizardy looking freaking Drake dragons every time. Wait, th th that's the basis of this beef. I have beef with this beef. The <laughs> <laughs> a, a new ch a challenger is approaching. Challenger has entered. There is a reason why we have classifiers of serpents, dragons, and wyverns and drakes. But yeah. those are all different kinds of. Drak, drakkin, dra, draconikin, dra, dragonkin, something. No, yeah. you're right. You're right. But it's they don't they don't jive in the same space. Like I cannot picture. I don't know if you can, but I can't picture one of these Final Fantasy boss dragons hanging out in the same world as say one of one of the dragons from Game of Thrones as an example. I just don't think they fit. It's just too over too, over time. Uh, your beef has has been obscured Kyle because yeah. we have gotten fictions where there's just a dragon is a dragon. That's what we call them. And there's only one type and they don't have the classifiers anymore. Right. Cause in, in, right. in game of Thrones is a good example of that where they're like, they're dragons, but really they're, that's more of a wyvern if I'm not mistaken, right? Where the front arms are wings and they have big beefy, almost T-Rex haunches for back legs. Right. right. People always say why when I say it, they go, well, you mean wyverns. They always say it. And I, and I yeah. guess I do, but if, yeah, if, yeah, because you know, if people are accusing you of not liking like uh, like Eastern dragon style, you also don't like traditional medieval 
dragon no, style because they're no. also drawn with four stupid legs and wings right. on their back <laughs> right and it is not to say that the four legs can't be done right i'm sure i've seen one where I uh, like i'll say legs. that i don't i think your dragon looks dumb with four legs i think uh, i think you, right. you made a, a lame dragon if it has four dragon, if you made a, uh, a noodle dog and put bat wings on the back uh it's stupid looking and you're probably an art director for bethesda so Smaug in the in the in the in the form we saw him in the second Hobbit movie, or is it the first? Whatever it was. Uh, there's three of uh, them, and I think Smaug technically appears in all three because uh, they they don't trust you to go back to the movies. Well, yeah, and the old the old movie had him open his eye at the end, I think, and then or the first movie, and then the second one had him more full body. But anyway, uh, his full Smaug, body form did he is pretty awesome. I can't legs? remember if he had four legs though. So did he have front legs? I don't if think he, he did. did. If he nope. did, I think no. that design's really strong. But if not, then then my offer nope. stands. He's, he's to basically a noodley wyvern. Wait, <laughs> okay. really? Then why did they have a, 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 a cucumber bucket climbing around on his legs and mo? <laughs> cucumber bucket. <laughs> they mo capped it. I didn't so why think would they- Scott Johnson would get out <laughs> Scott Johnson on on a show that he is on. But what's his name? Uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, he was like crawling on all fours. And they were mo-capping him. Why would they not give him? Because they had legs? him crawling on the point, on like the knee joint of what would be his wing, is how they yeah. animated it in post. Correct. That is oh, correct. Okay. Or how they cleaned it up in post. The and footage. I just think that I like awesome. Benedict Cumberbatch. That behind the scenes footage is some of, the, and I don't even like using the word cringe. That is some of the most cringy shit I've ever laid eyes upon. Oh, it's cringy as hell. It translates extremely well. That dragon's amazingly <laughs> rendered, but it's cheesy as hell to watch it being made. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't love that trilogy, but no. I can't argue that smog was pretty well executed. No, yeah. us, uh, uh, Dungeon Masters, we need to see that stuff because we go, oh, thank goodness, even high-paid people act like this in front of others. <laughs> yeah, no, there is there is something um, grounding about it, though, right? You see them in a green room with green screens everywhere, and you're, they're just standing just there. Just like, uh, uh, we, on we all got to we all got to sweat for our for our paycheck, man. Like yep. we all got to yep. do it. it it's even, been like how long we surely you can put on proper pants, though. Like it's the suit, it's the it's the tights that make it lame. Yeah. The little balls on the tights. Look, I've come up with about 400 great names for Benedict Cumberbatch as alternates, but Cucumber Bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure that wins. That's a new one. Uh, for me. The poor man can't even say pen- penguins and you won't even pronounce his name correctly. Mm-mm. No, can't sir. Penguins? Uh, when you're, after this, Kyle, I'll send you a video that will explain uh, Cumberbatch and his <laughs> inability to say penguins. Yeah. Oh. He says penguins. Penguins. Oh. Yeah. 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 Sounds right. Yep. Yeah. I'm just now realizing I think my one of like one of my favorite dragon designs is the thing from Goblet of Fire. I like that dragon with the quills on its head. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. That's a design I, I, I dig. And that didn't have four legs and legs. Either. The four legs imply that they have posable thumbs and they can get up and like stand on the back ones and do stuff with their front ones. I don't know. I don't well, like it doesn't it. imply the four legs doesn't imply opposable thumbs. I guess not. Does your it dog have opposable like thumbs, Scott? Is there something no. you want to tell us? No, that's a good point. And I don't want my dog to have no front legs, but I, I'll tell you what, I definitely don't want having a, a opposable thumbs as my cat. Uh, that would be pr- extremely problematic. Yeah. Plus don't ever let that cat around me. That sounds terrible. I don't want that. <laughs> no, thank you. Well, I hope that answers this question. I feel like it, it, it yeah, went think, all over I the place. So. But, you know, I think so. Know, uh, at the end, Western dragons, Asian dragons. Speaking of uh, game of Thrones dragons, Drogon wants to know, Scott, as someone who has tried to play final fantasy 14 and bounced off a couple of times, what could 14 do better to ensure you enjoyed it and stayed with it? 
and they wrote mm. this in parentheticals outside of redesigning the dragons, of course. Yeah. Well, forgetting dragons for a moment. And it wasn't the deal breaker for me in the game at all. <laughs> um, it's not even that the game has a deal breaker. I actually really like and respect the game. Um, and I played it quite a bit, especially my second run uh, or my second attempt, I should say. Um, where I fell off was I didn't find the minute to minute very compelling. And admittedly, this is early on. And I like my MMO a little more Oh, this is going to sound weird. A little more brainless. We talked earlier about how sometimes I just don't want a bunch of story to get in my way. No, I don't. I, don't I, I, I think I think brainless is a strong term, but I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I mean, I want to have a, like maybe WoW ruined me because WoW was pretty good at story moments, right? Moments of story. But where, where WoW worked for me was like, okay, I got Netflix on and I'm watching it while I'm out questing or grinding for mats or doing something. It's a, a second like screen that. experience. Yes. Whereas Final Fantasy to its credit, I think this is one of its strengths. It just isn't my thing right now. This all could change. But for me, I don't I don't care about the big giant arcing story. And I would honestly just kind of lose track of it. Like I would be like, oh, who's that again? What's that? Is that one of those weird little people? Okay, that's cool. I'll try to remember <laughs> her. And then like to me, they're called Lollafells and you will respect them. Uh, one day, maybe. But it's got this like anime. I love anime and someone will say, what do you love about anime? Giant robots and gory fighting is what I love about anime. So you can't just say I love anime. That's like saying I love film. Exactly. I love television. Like, exactly. Wait, wait, well, hold on. What? No, this, this, this is too much of it. It's too, so for me, like some people love to watch a relationship based anime, you know, where it's all about, Oh, I'm in high school and I'm meeting all these guys and it's great. And there's a cool story and you love it. That will never be for me. It's not interesting to me at all. What's interesting to me is giant robots ripping the shit out of giant lizards or whatever they're doing. The, this is a similar thing. It's like, I the, the story is very anime for me. Not for everybody, maybe. But for me, the story in Final Fantasy just was always like that. So I just had a hard time taking any of that seriously. But I, But you need to to engage with the game. And so I just would keep bouncing off. Whereas WoW and to some degree ESO, ESO is funny because ESO does a lot of, uh, every quest is dialogue and has, you know, red lines from professional actors and, and all of that. So there's a lot to follow there, but it's the in-between bits when you're not talking to that NPC or that boss or whatever, that you can just sort of do stuff in the world and play the game that way. And that's the way I'm, I'm sort of used to it. So I think it's a me problem. Honestly, this isn't a criticism against the game. I think it's just the way I like to play. You're, especially in MMO, which is kind of open and you're sort of like yeah. deciding what tasks you're going to do. And I don't want to engage in a, in a super intimate way with a story like that. You're, so you're I think going that, in kind of looking for a grind, like where you can kind of uh, yeah. autopilot. Um, it's a little it's, bit. Cause, cause Kyle and I t- uh, talked last week on stream while we were playing Diablo four about his concerns about the story about Diablo a lot. And I kept coming back around to like, well, I didn't grow up with two. Three mm-hmm. was the first Diablo I really, I technically played two, but I never, I didn't beat it. I didn't own it. I didn't have a computer that could run it. Um, right. So three was my first like Diablo I spent a lot of time with. And I give, uh, no, I, I didn't really like the story in Diablo three, but I didn't care. I was, I was there for care. just the, the, the moment to moment gameplay loop of it. And World of Warcraft for the majority of its existence was the same thing for me. I, I got in and I, 
I went and I just did the grind and I listened to yeah. a podcast it, on the side. When Twitch came around, I was watching day nine on my second screen while I was doing my World of Warcraft grind. Like, yeah, and oftentimes they were playing Diablo and you were like, oh, okay, cool. Now we're all playing this thing. Or not exactly, Diablo, but World of exactly. Warcraft. So it was like, so, yeah. So I, I don't know what it is other than just to say like the story, the kinds of stories I engage in in video games are just different than what Final Fantasy is offering. Yeah. And that's true, by the way, of pretty much every Final Fantasy of all time for me. So I like turn-based Final Fantasy. I like six. I like seven. Um, I appreciate all the other entries. I even think the bro road trip 15 is interesting in some ways. And 16 looks fantastic. But those stories never land for me. They're just always kind of, I guess this is cheese ball. What if if I told you that 14 eventually crescendos into you versus an ancient being? Oh, I'll bet it. I know it does because everyone's been telling me it does. And you are out of that chorus. But do you, but do you know how much I have to do to get there to see it? I, like I know, it's but it's, it, it's so it, it, here's the, I, I bounce. So I bounce off of 14 and ESO for the same reason you're mentioning is like, I, I went into it. I went into it looking for an MMO and for a something I don't need to think about that much when I play experience. Uh, yeah. And in, instead what I was what I was confronted with with Final Fantasy 14 and and ESO was holy shit. Um, a lot of this is voice acted and it's well written and I feel like I need to pay attention. And that's not what I picked this up for because I was told this is an MMO. When you tell me something is MMO, I yeah. put my own baggage on that. I, I have oh, yeah. my own expectations that I bring with me. Um, yeah. So now I'm finding that in 14. Now I'm finding my grind. I'm starting yeah. to discover my grind now that uh, I've, experiences and, and, and enjoyed the story enough. Okay. But the uh, Kyle and I have done a lot of like rather difficult um, boss fights, which are is scratching a wow rage for me big time. It's some of the best boss fights I've experienced. In, in, in yeah, I keep, I've seen amazing, some amazing video of some fights in there that are yeah. com- very compelling. Yeah, to me. And but, I love, I love their approach to rating. I think their, their idea of skipping a lot of the trash and filler is really great. Yeah. So um, what I would, I would say to yeah. you to, to recommend 14 is the next time you want, a narrative experience game, play it. And then at the end of it, you'll have yourself a nice grind experience. You'll be max level and you'll be through and you'll know what's up. Uh, okay. Cause there is, well, a, there a is a, a solid a MMO in there. Level 50 something dude. You made it like to the first it. expansion. I think if you were yeah. having dragon beef, you've seen the first expansion. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. The dragon beef mostly extends to the first expansion because have a past that. I just haven't seen it, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. but no, we kind of have been talking about it a lot since we got to because we got to the end of patch five zero, and this is the point I think where we're both like, oh, this is why people are 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 zealots for this game, for lack of a better word. Like the end of five zero yeah. is a legit amazing narrative moment. Um, sure. And yeah. uh, so, so we've been talking about it as like it's a difficult game to recommend on that front because it's like, I'm trying to tell you to go spend hours reading a book and it's hard to, to, to win that recommendation. Like I, uh, how do I recommend a 600, 700 page novel to you? Because that's what I'm trying to do with, with 14 as a narrative experience. Cause you, you you're should. actually doing a better job convincing me than most. I think it might be because you look like casual wear Jesus today and it's freaking. Oh out. yes. Come, come to me. My, my yeah, anime look child. <laughs> Look at him, Kyle. You know this is true. Uh, Look at that. He's got his shirt uh, down here a little bit, a little bit of fuzz showing. I mean, I mean, I, like, if, if, if it's yeah, helping, it really I'll undo another button. I <laughs> mean, really the fuzz. Uh, yeah. All eyes are drawn to the fuzz. It's true. Something about <laughs> when you give up cutting your hair, you also stop shaving your your body hair. Uh, that's, yeah, that's no, I get it. Something that happens. Just something. letting it go. Yeah. yeah, let it go, Scott. All right. Well, all right. Free. I'll stop. I'll stop 
I'm, I'm not going to apologize because you tried to get me to play 14, but I'll, I'll stop recommending it now. Um, <laughs> the and, tables have turned. and we're going to end yeah. on this. Uh, we're going to end yeah. on this question. Wild Runner wrote in and said, uh, question to Scott, what's the one thing you're most proud of having done either in the podcast or the comic scene? And for the hosts, what's the one thing that Scott has done that inspired you more than all? Oh, geez. Um, this is a little bit of pressure. Um, okay. Well, he didn't say, I'd say my kids if he said life, but I'll say if it's we're talking just podcasts and just comics, I would say building a meaningful, uh, awesome community around this stuff is my favorite thing I've done. And I, and I, a lot of that is them. So they deserve a ton of credit for sort of coagulating in the way that they do. But I, I'm most proud of that and most proud of this feeling of, uh, sort of extended larger family uh, that we've been able to carve out of it. And um, I'm proud of it because it, I don't know, it tells me that, that I'm, I'm, I'm at least somewhat worthy of the people that are around me. And uh, I have lifelong friendships stuff, you know, real life friendships that I've had over the years all been fine and everything, but some of my most meaningful friendships, relationships, experiences have happened in this realm. And without that, uh, part of it, I'm not sure it would be nearly as fulfilling. So, so that's easily, that's easy to say for the the podcast side of it. Um, you know, I could get technical and go, well, I'm really proud of some of the interviews I got to do and, you know, talking to people like Metzen and ghost crawler and, uh, Todd McFarlane one time. I love that. Um, stuff like that is a big deal. Uh, Christian Nairn, all these people, but I think it's the community and it's what keeps me fueled about it all. So, so that's an easy answer there. Um, on the comic side, like on the art side, I think I'm just—I don't know. That's a really interesting question because there's lots of little things, like the time Dave Batista got my drawing of him and held it up to a camera and smiled. That was kind of cool. Um, there was uh, the time it was—I had something that went so viral on Reddit that I ended up getting a five thousand dollar commission job out of it. Like, there's all these like little things, but I think I think for me, it's that I took what very, I thought when I was younger, I thought I was pretty good, but I look back and I look, I go, ugh, like I really hated my work. So I think I'm proud that I didn't let any of that stop me. And I just kind of kept at it and got to a point where I feel like I can stand, you know, stand with, with, with those in my zone. And, uh, and despite all this new AI, AI generated art crap that's going on, uh, that I can still sort of stand on my own. So, so I don't know. It's, it's kind of a half answer because I can't really think of anything big. I just love drawing. So I'm proud. I'm proud I'm still doing it, I guess, or that I, I somehow got to be my, the 11 year old dream that I had when I was 11. I got to do, I got to be Mr. Radio and Mr. Art all the time and do it somehow and pay the bills and send my kids to school and, you know, pay the car off and all that shit like that. <laughs> I think that's the, I think that that's a more of a combined thing, but it's, that's definitely something I'm proud of. I'm kind of lousy talking about myself though. So I don't know. There's well, that was probably a good more. answer. That's a yeah. good answer. The first, yeah. um, like hour plus of this podcast was, we were all talking about ourselves. We were talking about the craft. So I, I think you're, I think you're pretty good at it, Scott. I think you're pretty good about talking about yourself. Well, thanks man. I appreciate it. Hopefully not too much. And people aren't like, Oh my gosh, this guy <laughs> with his life again. <laughs> I love it. Right, you have to answer that other thing. Answer that yeah. part. But yeah. The horse have to answer it. Uh, I'm scared. You, you, I, it, it's kind of a, I have kind of a macro level answer 
for what you've done to inspire me above all. Cause there, it wasn't one thing. Like if I had to pick one thing, it was like you made the instance. I wouldn't be doing what I was doing without it. It was legitimately the first podcast I ever listened to. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and our uh, Kyle, my shared friend, Brian, uh, it was an infomercial. We mm-hmm. I went over to his house one day with my laptop to play. Wow. Uh, with my other buddy. Uh, and he comes out, uh, and he's like, have you guys heard of this thing called a podcast? Like legitimately that was the line he delivered. And then he put on, and I think it was like the episode 14 of the instance or something. Oh my gosh. That's um, early. Yeah. You were talking about the gates of on garage opening. That was the topic sure. of the day. I remember um, that. Yeah. The, the first time I know it happened a second time, everybody, this was when it originally happened. Yeah. This um, is the OG on garage. These are bugs before anybody, before just 40 people could zone in there and not crash the server. <laughs> exactly. Long time ago. Yeah. But, but in general, I think uh, what you, what you did was you made me realize that uh, like, I always wanted to work in entertainment, like uh, any form. Like that's why I pursued art my whole life. Like I want to go work in Nickelodeon or Disney and that never panned out. Um, mm. But I, but, but I really want to do, I just wanted to work in entertainment somehow some way and and you made me realize uh i didn't need to wait for anyone's permission uh that i could do it myself well said well said that's uh, that's a great way of saying that i'm really happy to hear that yeah i don't think a lot of people uh would would describe you as 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 being kind of punk rock but that was a big formative part being a part of the punk rock community uh was a big thing for me in my high school years sure. uh, it was a big part of guidance and uh, uh, other than giving me an excuse to to be an insufferable brat, because, and I was kind of that already, um, yeah. what really inspired me about that was the do-it-yourself culture. And sure. uh, you gave me that for my young adult and now adult life. Um, oh, that's a really nice thing to say. Yeah, grab the wheel and go, I guess is kind of a... <laughs> Kind of a thing. Actually, you know what? You kind of nailed it. That was my, that's always been my thing. And people, I have zero care if someone says, oh, don't do that. It's a bad idea. I just do it anyway. That's kind of punk rock, right? You know, we have a great, between the three of us, this, our graveyard of, of past projects is vast. Yeah. Like, oh, it's yeah, fine. Dude. Nothing's ever it's, going to be pretty. Like, when, when, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of hours of this yeah. will be left when I'm dead. And I don't know what they're going to do with it. <laughs> Probably not listen to it because a lot of it is extremely timely. It's like, who wants to know about the old patch of World of Warcraft? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I worry about that a little. Film sack of all the things I do, probably film sack will be the thing that will be the most returnable mm. because it's about stuff that isn't time based. It's, I mean, they're I feel, time based, but they're not really, you know, yeah, I, that's I feel really good about the narrative Final Fantasy 14 videos we make, the standalones that aren't a part mm. of our stream. Uh, because I'm like, I don't know, I'll be dead and gone, they'll still be making Final Fantasy 36. And maybe sure. someone someday will be like, well, what the frick was their second MMO like? And mm-hmm. maybe they'll go watch my shit. Like I'll be maybe. dead and gone. And maybe they'll, my, my friendship with this other weirdo on this, on this <laughs> discord call will be immortalized uh, a generation or three from now. Sure. Sure. No, that's a good answer. I actually really appreciate that. Cause it's hard to know what your indirect or direct impact is on the people people at large or as individuals. And sometimes you just never hear it or know. And I don't yeah. know. It's nice. Nice hearing that. I appreciate that. Mine's <laughs> very much the same. Yeah. yeah. You and I are just old pals, right? Just old yep. friends making it work. <laughs> yeah. uh, Garrett, uh, I, I put together a post-college think tank uh, where a bunch of creatives were getting together to see what we could make together. And it started big. And then people left and people mm. stopped showing up and people stopped showing up. And Garrett was the only one who kept showing up. So we thought to ourselves, what, well, what can we do with two people? 
and we were both listening to the instance. So without a doubt, the most inspirational thing is the instance, you know, getting me through security work and old Navy and all that sort yeah. of thing. As for my favorite, I already brought up the, the, just the Chris Metzen. And of course, there will be dungeons, the timeless Dungeons oh, yeah. and Dragons podcast that you can yep. find on the Frog Pants Network. That is ever Nash and Varel forever. You can go listen to that mm-hmm. uh, campaign anytime you want. Plus, Kyle's uh, intermission, we like to call it sometimes, where he took over the reins for a bit and did his own jam as a DM. That was amazing. I'm not 100% convinced we're not back to that at some point. We just got to figure out how and where it works the most and how it makes the most sense. But it was so, what a cool thing. I look back on that with all kinds of fond memories. And some of my favorite art I ever did was for that show. Um, so, you I know, it so acted much as fun like giant inspiration. It. Oh, it's so much fun. This is a great time. Such a so, blast. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that, nothing, that's a, nothing, nothing but mutual admiration in that regard. That was so much fun. That's a wild one, right? Because you you just became my friend. So when you did art of my D&D character, it was like, oh, that's awesome, man. One friend. But like, you know, go 10 years back and I'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> just got out. Oh, my God. <laughs> just completely lost it on you. Well, that that's is one thing. of the, that's one of the upsides and downsides of this whole thing space if you have people that you work with or that you admire greatly uh and then you work with them then you're kind of in the sausage is made zone right and you're and you're kind of you 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 see the ups and the downs of the you see more of that person you know and you start to realize oh well we're just all sort of in this together and for me i always worried that that would be a disappointment for a lot of people not just with me but me meeting some of my people I admire, like when I first met with McFarlane or when I talked to Mets in the first few times or whatever, those were starstruck moments. But as time goes on, you can, you still retain all the reasons you liked them and admired them. But now you're in this like groove of, well, I'm now we're just friends and it's, um, it's actually more meaningful and, and really impactful. And I don't know, none of this happens without us striking out and going, I don't like these wild podcasts. I'm going to make my own or you guys going, there's, you know, we need a, there needs to be this unique voice in the final fantasy space and bam, you do it. And you have a very quickly awesome audience come out of that. Like if you don't take those risks, you don't have those. And without those, you don't have these relationships and without those, what's the freaking point, you know? So when I die, that's the stuff I'll look back on. I'm not going to go, Oh, if I could have just pounded out one more hour of a podcast, it won't be that it'll be, <laughs> man, I'm glad I did all that stuff. I have all these friends I wouldn't have had. Um, all these relationships and, and experiences that just don't exist without extending yourself a little bit. And I don't know, it's, it's hard to sometimes grasp how meaningful that is, but it's, it's huge. And I didn't even know that's what we were getting into when I started it. I had no idea. You know, you don't, you don't think about it. Like, like when we started getting any traction, it was like, Oh, I can't wait for one day for like the live show. Like I want to have an audience. I want people to give a shit in person. And all my favorite things ended up being all the moments in between. Uh, like, mm-hmm. uh, you weren't there cause, cause you don't drink, but like getting drunk with Justin Robert Young in a hotel room uh, in between panels at Nertacular, uh, like yeah. <laughs> being, being near Justin Robert Young while he gets drunk is, is an experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like, like uh, Kyle and I just like talking about life on the bus back from the heroes of the storm summit, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. those, those little human moments in between that wouldn't happen without this because otherwise we'd have no reason whatsoever to be in the same room no there'd be no connective tissue and and i don't know that that that's really meaningful to me and being connected to the audience in a very similar way like it's not just an audience where they're way over there and we're over here 
It's way more interactive. It's way more upfront. I see these people. I meet these people. I'm going to yeah. see a bunch of them in Vegas in April. Yep. Like it's just, uh, it's not the same as, I don't know, um, Walter Cronkite doing the nightly news and everybody knowing who he is, but they never meet him. They don't know him. That's a weird one to pull out, isn't it? That's a strange pull. It's important for you. It was Conan for me growing up or John, actually John Stewart was the big one. Well, for me, it was Letterman. So I'm, I'm not even in that freaking Cronkite generation. I don't know why I used him. That is a weird thing for me to pull, but, but anyway, it works. I've heard you mention Walter Cronkite multiple times. So I just assumed like, no, I don't even, I just, like out of my generation, I don't even know anything about it, but Letterman was my big thing. And, and it's similar to that. Like how many, how many fans have a personal relationship with Dave? Nobody like, why would you? But this affords us that partly because it's a little smaller control. It's more controllable. You know, it's a thousand people at Nerdtacular, not 10 million. Uh, and that makes a difference, but it's a unique little space that I'll never, uh, I'll never regret. I love it. Well, it's ongoing, right? And you grew with it too. That. You're not mm-hmm. Harrison Ford being like, I did that movie once, leave me alone. Yeah. I guess it's ongoing. It depends on the movie. He, d- he doesn't want to be left alone on Indiana Jones, but he never wants to talk about Star Wars again. No, he doesn't. <laughs> don't bring up Star Wars. Yeah, I doesn't yeah. want to bring it up, but it's like, you know, my, and I also, I mean, I'll, I'll just say this. This is one of the big side benefits of all of this was I got to raise my kids in the thick of it. And I think it made my job so much easier as a parent because they were also surrounded by this and they also got to see those people up front and they got to mingle in that way. And they weren't just, you know, seeing this from afar or I had some fuddy duddy job they didn't understand or whatever. I was in the thick of it and it was on the internet, a place they were also on and trying to navigate and figure out for themselves. And I don't know, man, I recommend it for parenting. It's great. Cause they don't really have much to rebel against. Honestly, it's like, <laughs> like they don't have scary stuff to say. Like I'm getting on Facebook. You don't know what that is. Do you? They, they couldn't do that with me. They couldn't do uh Snapchat with, I heard he was on there before they were like, <laughs> they don't, they didn't have any of those things where the parents are home going, Oh, I don't know about this internet or whatever. It wasn't like that. And it, I look back on it now and I realize there was a huge advantage in that. Not oh, yeah, I got away with the terrible things. Uh, the mm-hmm. Parents are clueless. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I, I have a parenting book of, you know, one of those what to expect. They're like, well, you know, try like talking about your day. Just talk about what you're doing. You know, oh, I'm putting it in the oven. I'm I'm stirring this. Just talk. Just talk to your kid. And I'm like, what? Like you're on stream? Oh, yeah. But perfect. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, good morning. It's your boy, dad. Today we're making it's pancakes. Uh, it's your boy, dad. I do this. I, I just finished doing this. I, you mean yeah. I get to I, I get to I don't have to do it in my broadcasting voice. Wonderful. Let's- Audience of one. That's amazing. Let's go. Let's amazing. Yep. Well, awesome. Well, Scott, thanks dude so much for uh, coming on. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Love talking shop. Yeah, Uh, me too. Thank you for having me. Plus like, I I feel like the last three months I've just been inundated with tweets of when, when are, when's Garrett and Scott going to do a thing together again? And, uh, now I have, I get that all the time. Yeah. It's like, Hey, I miss, I miss your instant stuff. You guys were my favorite pair for that. Or, you know, I miss TWBD and, and, you know, Varel and Nash having conversations and, and this sort of stuff. So yeah, it is, it's good for us to connect once in a while and talk. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome back anytime, dude. Uh, Tell the core dudes we said hi. I will. And uh, before we go, we got some thanks to dish out. Want to thank our wonderful patrons supporting us on Patreon. So if you like what Kyle and I are putting out into the world, uh, check out our Patreon, which you can get to by going to support Am I still with you?
You're still with yep. me. Oh, because yeah, y'all are yeah. frozen on my end, but cool, good. We'll just keep oh, soldiering yeah, you're on. You're good. You're good. You look great. Excellent. And uh, thank you to our most recent patrons. Cal, do we have music this week? Ah, uh, no. Wait, wait, what? What do I have? Wait. Uh, oh, we yeah. did that one. Oh yeah, that's fine. There you go. Oh, that okay. one's good. Yeah, let's let, go with let that. Me, let me crank, let me let's crank go that with down. that. Let's go with that. Thank you so much to our recent patrons, starting with David P. Oh my goodness, I help with this. Hang on, hang on. Ah, wait. What am I helping with? Uh, Griffins. Gr- Griffins. Oh, Griffins. Yeah, Griffins. Yeah, spelt uniquely. Andy P. Thank you for anonymous. I see what you did there. Yep. Sean underscore H, if that is on your driver's license, uh, that's cool. I want an underscore on mine. Stephen L., thank you. And Patrick O.R., thank you for the support. And very special thanks to our legendary level backers. We thank you each and every episode. Thank you so much to Sean B., Mike R., Stephen J., Wayra E., Das, Cheesy Bob, and Sean with an E-A-B. Appreciate the support, everybody. Check it out. Supportourbromance.com. Scott, if folks are somehow unaware of where they can find all of your wonderful stuff on the internet, where can folks find you? The good news is I have it in one central place. You can find all my shows, all my art, all my everything at frogpants.com. And one quick note, if you like card games, I'm about to do a Kickstarter for a brand new game called Dungeon Murder, which is a really fun up to five player uh, card game uh, that I think people are going to really dig. At least I hope so. There's some stuff already up on the site. Uh, about that, you can find that at frogpants.com or dungeonmurder.com. Um, and if you want to find me socially, <laughs> you can find me over on uh, the Twitter still. You can find me at Scott Johnson. And thanks again for letting me be on, guys. I thought you were just going to tell them like, what Target you shop at so they just say <laughs> hi while you're buying underwear. Sure, why not? And probably $40 worth of other things you didn't plan to buy while you were in there because that's the Target <laughs> experience. Every time <laughs> you can find us socially. Kyle's on Twitter at Kyle Ferguson. I'm on Twitter at Garrett art. And we have a joint account for this show or streams and everything we do on the internet at Garrett art. Other than that, just follow us on YouTube because we're on the same channel together all the time. And we'll be back there tonight. If you're watching live streaming more final fantasy MSQ. That's right. We're getting back to the MSQ this tonight with our 5.1 stream. That's at youtube.com slash TV, or just search for Grinding Gear on YouTube. You'll find us. We're on there. That's going to do it for this episode of the Grinding Gear Podcast. Until next time, GG. Take care of my cats on the mic. (laughs) Cats on visiting. Hanging out. Oh, no.